Hey, this is Chuck Dixon, and you're listening to Signal of Doom. <laughs> well, you know, for me, the action is the juice. I'm in. Hello and welcome to Signal of Doom, episode 332. I'm Dave. I'm here with the main man, Rich. Rich, how are you going? Uh, been better. Uh, What's going on? Came down with a bit of a, a cold on Monday, which was oh. my birthday as well. Oh, dear. Happy, bir- happy on- birthday, man. Happy birthday. Yes. And on top of that, on my birthday is when, I, when South Africa lost their first World Cup match against... <laughs> A very low-ranked Dutch team. So that was my birthday present from the from the uh, South African cricket team. Good. So the South African uh, World Cup hoodoo finally catching up with them. Good to see. Um, again, you know, again it's, it's what I expected, so it's not like they surprised me. I said uh, we did World Cup diary myself and Ray last night, and after the Aussie win, I'm starting to visualise a cup. I seriously am. I'm seeing it in the distance. It, it, it's a very tarnished cup, but I'm it's feeling... A, look, it's a, long world, it's a long world cup. But, sure is. Yeah. Well, but, so you know, South it doesn't, doesn't bode well if you yeah. if you beat in the big teams but losing to the small teams. Yeah, uh, I will say the length of this round means effectively they can swallow that loss and suffer very little effects because you won so convincingly up until then. Like Yeah, but again, knowing them, they could lose the next two. If they do that, they're in trouble, for sure. Yeah, um, just like again, uh, wins surprise if, me. If Australia beats Pakistan, we'll be two all, and I'll feel pretty good. I think we've got Netherlands up after that. Um, but Pakistan's a big game for us, and that's tomorrow night. Um, Ray and I will do another World Cup diary um, uh, on the weekend after the Australian game. You're, you're more than, um, you know, um, what do you call it? Welcome to jump on, Rich, of course, give the South African perspective. Uh, but I would say you're probably reeling. After that, after that, and you know, and I, of course, I, you know, sent Rich a few little uh, cheeky texts, uh, a few comments. <laughs> well, actually, I didn't get most of them because, again, I was sick that day. So not yeah. only was I pretty much in bed early, I wake up to oh. find out that they fucking lost. So, like, yeah, what a no, what a birthday! What a birthday present! How was your dad? Like, what was his reaction to a Netherlands beating South Africa? Yeah, <laughs> uh, same as mine. Grumpy. You, you're not even you're not even shocked, really. No. No. Oh, you, thing, yeah. If there's one thing that South Africa does do consistently, mm. is set records, both positive and negative. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know, we're the team that will set the record for the highest runs ever scored, but we'll also be the team that sets the record for the lowest runs ever scored. Like that's yeah. just who the South Africans are. Okay, remind me, you've obviously been in Australia. You, you beat another good team. Was it England? You beat someone else who was... No, the, beach, uh, after the first game was Sri Lanka. Sri Lanka, okay. You ran up a huge total against Sri Lanka. Yeah, it set multiple records there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, look, it's a, it's a long World Cup. Um, I would say longer than normal because it's just with the first round where everyone plays everyone, which, mm. honestly, I think Australia should be counting their lucky prayers for that because after our shocking start, oh, yeah. you know, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be... England are having a, a shocker so far. Um... But you know they, they sort of like they've they've been underperforming themselves. So it's gonna it's gonna be a very interesting World Cup. Obviously, the team that's dominating um, outside of um, South Africa is India. India are looking like they really mean business. You know, obviously playing on home home ground advantage is big for them. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll wait and see. I'm just trying to recall 
I'm bringing this up while we while we just are still on the topic. I'm sure that you guys beat another good nation outside ourselves. Um, what in the World Cup? Yeah, I feel like no, we've only played three matches, mate. Okay, so okay, all right. So it's just Sri Lanka and us. We we beat Sri Lanka, we beat Australia, and then we lost to Holland. Right. Okay. So you're two one. You're two one, mm. and we're we're one two. Okay. Well, we'll see what happens, Ben. I think next up for you, I think, might actually be England. Um, if, I'm, if, mm, if I'm not wrong. I think so. I need to double check. Yeah. I'm just looking here. Okay, so what's today? Yeah, so the next game you play is on the 21st, so it's on Saturday, and that's England versus South Africa. So that's going to be, you know, uh, that's going to be an interesting match for you guys. Um yeah, you, you are right. Yeah, you beat Sri Lanka, us, and then you lost to Well, I will say this. I mean, I wasn't overly... I watched the England-Afghanistan uh, game. Oh, yeah. And England... <laughs> oh, dude, I hope uh, you guys... I hope you guys... Not look good. No, the, the Afghan spinners, who are pretty high quality, their spinning unit, they spun a web around England. No, England have, have so far played poorly, Um by their standards, quite poorly, actually. Um, I would say as poorly as the Australians have played. And, um, no, I think they're beatable. I, I really think that that's an opportunity for you guys to get back in the groove and, and give England a beating when they're down, you know, because they've got a fucking team that on paper should be a real contender. But, no, their batting unit's really been struggling. And um, I think that'll be a good match. Uh, uh, I think that'll be a really good match, actually. Um, yeah, now, I should also announce uh, to listeners, obviously, a bit of World Cup Diaries just entered the regular show, that's fine. Um, next week, we're having a week off because I'm going to be in Singapore for work, so Rich gets a chance to rest the vocal cords, have a Friday night, you know, with the girlfriend, and maybe take her out to dinner, Rich. I'm throwing ideas out there, you know, do something. Um, uh, actually, well, because I've been sick, with, with that, we're doing my uh, birthday sort of dinner tomorrow, and okay. then... Um, I'm going to be watching one of my favourite movies, Star Wars. The original? Yeah, of course, the original. All right. Well, good, good for you, man. Good, you just, man. Just cutting a bit back to basics. I like it, Rich. And it's your birthday. What are you now? You're uh, what early thirties <laughs> for the ladies? Oh, you're you're taken now. I forgot. Sorry, I forgot for a second. I was uh, starting to publicise you, but then I realised that uh, you're Rich is a taken man these days, ladies. So back off. You know. That's it. <laughs> You know, Dave. On the other hand, sadly, I'm I'm off the market. I'm actually single this week because Michelle's away on work, so I'm just living the dream. That's not how it works, Dave. Yep. Well, for me, single just means a ton of PlayStation time. That's what it means. If you did my like PlayStation time, it's just taken a fucking accelerator, like a fucking stock market. It's just risen and risen. Um, yeah. And basically, all this talk of Michael Landon uh, threw on a couple of Bonanza episodes last night. I I, I googled. Um, the best ever Bonanza episodes, and I and I and I plucked out two because I've got the first few seasons, um, and I just plucked out a couple of episodes and just watched them back to back. Oh, Jesus Christ, it was good. Michael Landon puts on an acting fucking masterclass, and he's young. I'd forgotten just how young he is because this is uh, it was the last episode of season one. I mean, he he looks he's baby faced, you know. Um, oh no, well he was super young in that. I mean, he looks like he's probably in his very early 20s. He looks younger than that. But, um, you know, I, I just, whenever I think of him, I always I think... I mean, don't of, forget, he died, like, in his 50s, eh? 
Yeah, which was what about so, 88, 89, <laughs> somewhere around there. It was it was like well, very early nineties. It was very early nineties, I believe. Yeah, it was. and yeah, he would have, and he certainly looked a lot older in Highway to Heaven. Um, but he always had a very kind face, very kind eyes. Um, that was oh God. Of- yeah, if you, I mean, if you want to see a, a like, he's so good at looking like a um, when something really bad is happening. Sure, looking like an absolute heartbroken angel. Sure, at like the state of people or the world or a situation he's really good at making you feel like he really feels was he religious like the, the, the pain was he really he must he must have been because he produced so. and wrote this yeah you would think he probably was yeah i just i, I just always always wondered like i mean yeah because he was he was all over that like house on the prairie i mean he was yeah ba- basically um yeah no he was he was um he, he, he was a big player in hollywood it was a real a real shame when he passed away because I, I always feel like he lent a project a certain quality. You know, he had a high quality bar kind of in his mm. career. Well, let me tell you something. Uh, Highway to Heaven is just is utter quality. Oh. It's utter class and quality. So a fantastic watch. We, oh. I think we're up to episode fifteen now yeah. of the first season because uh, we're taking our time with it. You know, sure. we're not rushing through it. Like there's no sure. there's no need in rushing. No. We watch it. You know, whenever we we just got nothing to put on, and uh, we've enjoyed it thoroughly. Laugh our heads off sometimes. Oh no no no, definitely. I mean, I, I remember it from the eighties fondly. Um, no, it's great to see Rich. I, I had not spoken to anyone I reckon since the eighties who remembered Highway to Heaven, and I used to watch it myself mm. uh and it's just glad to hear that all these years later you, you're mentioning and i'm watching bonanza i mean it's just a michael landon like you know celebration and signal up to moment and but my god in bonanza lawn green one of my all-time favorites i'd forgotten just how much i enjoyed him at uh, the ponderosa and by the way i pitched this to michelle uh if we do create like our kind of den area which is gonna be my area i wanted to decorate it like the ponderosa like, with a western theme um, I got some negative feedback. If you can, you can. I got some negative feedback on that originally, Rich. But um, you know, I, I want to put. I'm thinking like an Indian rug on the floor. Um, maybe a wooden um ship wheel. You know what I mean? You know like what? nautical. Or, or go for a D and D Oriental look. Sure, why not? Like a massive statue of a samurai or something holding a sword. Or maybe just yeah, the just like, all the rugs and the beads and <laughs> just make it look like something out of D and D, like an opium an den, Oriental mysticism cave. I'd very much enjoy that. You know, yeah, I mean that's actually a fucking fantastic idea. Um, well, you know, and and just and, and kind of there, like, but I like the rustic feel of Bonanza. You know what I mean? And maybe mm. when as you enter, just on constant loop, there's a Bonanza theme playing. You know, <laughs> Bonanza. Yeah, I mean. If you man. can, that's what I said. If you can, do it. I can. I'm alive, man. No one's killed me yet. I'm alive. I'm fighting the machine, man. I'm fighting the machine, dude. You know what I'm saying? We we all know it, dude. We all know it's a fucking... You, you, keep, you keep fighting, buddy. We all know. We all know it's a fucking simulation. And it's a fucking joke. <laughs> no, it's a fucking joke the way oh, we ignore yeah. it. We ignore it, man. Rats in a maze. But this rat is <laughs> flying single this week, playing... Uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage, watching Bonanza. I mean, life's a party. So this rat has is loving life in the maze, Rich. You know. What, meanwhile, you've got a cold man. You're struggling for form. Yeah, I don't know. It just came out of nowhere, honestly. Honestly, I was feeling great, and then just bang, woke bang. up, and I was like, and crap, then, I got a cold. You're not a guy who gets sick very often either, you know? Yeah, you. you... Oh, when I do, it's it's usually small, and I can yeah. feel it coming usually, and so I, I kind of prep for it and 
sure. and stuff. But this, I went to bed and then woke up with a cold. Like yeah. it was just like that. I literally went to bed feeling fine. Literally woke up in the middle of the night and went, "Oh my god, I got a Did cold." Did you ever get <laughs> COVID? I know you worked retail the whole time. Did you ever actually get it or not? Not according to any of the tests. Yeah, which is fucking remarkable. Poor Rich was every fucking day down at the centre at the height of COVID. Actually, I've gotten the flu or a cold more since COVID. Well, they say that... Well, yeah, they say that because people stayed inside, um, their resistances went down to things like the flu. So there has been a lot of flu epidemics since COVID because people basically shut up shop, you know, and they weren't exposed. So quite a few flu variants have flown around since the COVID, um, whatever you call it, lockdown. Man, doesn't it feel like about 20 years ago? Doesn't it feel like we're talking about fucking World War Two or something? You know, it just feels like... <laughs> it feels like it another does, life, man. But then, but then you're reminded of it when you still see people, um, uh, oh, like, man. masked up. And, and, and um, okay, I don't have any shit, but sometimes, like, just the other day, we literally saw someone, again, and it's one of those funny things, sitting alone in their car driving with a mask on. Oh, so actually, there's one woman had a mask in one of those, those face shields. Yeah. She's literally in her car by herself. <laughs> She's like she's an idiot. She's an idiot. Do you know what I mean? Just, it's yeah. that when you look at it and you go, "Come on!" Like you know, yeah. I understand if you go to a shopping centre or you go to a um, an event or something and you're a bit sure. worried. Sure. Just not just COVID, just worried about maybe getting the cold or the flu or yeah. or something like that. Because you know, there's people that just don't care. I, I can understand that. I don't. I don't. Don't turn my head. But when I see you like walking through the streets, through the park, in fresh air. You know, wearing a mask and a face shield, or sitting in a car by yourself. I just go, come on, like you know, well, you know, have some common sense. Do you not recall? I remember during lockdown, as it was starting to peter out, you had these clowns, usually social justice. What do they call themselves? Social justice is it warriors? Is that what they call themselves? I don't know if they call themselves, but I know whatever, whatever. Like the, the the super fucking PC police. They were like, "This is fucking showing me. I'm gonna wear a mask now to the end of time." Like, mm. and no one can tell me otherwise. Like they were really, you know. And it was like, well, if you want to wear a mask for the rest of your life, good luck to you. You're a clown. But good luck to you. You know what I mean? Like there, there, there's bandwagon jumpers. Like, and you know, no, no, it was, it was, it was, you know, unfair. Uh, that I ever not didn't have to wear a mask. That the you know, like no one can force me to take this fucker off. And it's just like, oh fuck off. Like, how do these people get dates? How do people stay in relationships with them? Because they're they're totally fucked. Well, I mean, if they're relationships, I'd have to assume that the person's exactly like them. <laughs> so, what a I mean. fucking nightmare! Can I say that? What a fucking nightmare! You know. Now, uh, this has been a slow news week, but we do have a few cool things. Um, this, I've got some breaking news. For some reason, this has come on to my news cycle as I've been, you know, doing the show here, and I'm gonna the son of two Justice League members. Just became DC's biggest mystery. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. The round robin competition. I feel like that was something that happened a while ago. Uh, allowing fans to yeah. choose which comic would be published with Superboy the Man of Tomorrow winning. Which I question, actually. You know, I question that that, that, that actually won. I, I think there might have been some hijinks. But anyway, there's a backup story in that called Hawkman and Hawkwoman, the Changeling. Introducing a new mm-hmm. character called Hector Hall, who claims to be their son, but it's unclear if his story will be ex- further explored, leaving fans in the dark about his true origins. Um, 
Hawkman, huh? Hawkman, and Hawkman and Hawkwoman's son has become a frustrating mystery. A frustrating mystery. <laughs> like, that's funny. <laughs> what do you mean? That's old news, dude. It just came up. I don't know what to tell you. But this, this all, was their son from Infinity Inc. Okay. Well, at one point with the Johns run, he even became the new Doctor Fate. What? I don't understand what's going really? on. What? Why? Well, it's news to me, man. I, look, the news didn't reach my desk about Hector Hall mm-hmm. until just now. And um, mm-hmm. he's been he's been part of the continuity for decades now. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's, that's funny. Well, fans didn't properly get to meet. He Hawk. was the um, Silver Scarab in. Uh, wow. You're was it Silver deep. Scarab? I think it was Silver no Scarab idea. in Infinity. Dude, I've never read a fucking issue of Infinity Inc. And not many people have. Um, the, well, yeah. But you did read about them in um, <laughs> when we did the uh, All Star Squadron. Yeah, yeah. And I they teamed up with but, them because uh, that was their future kids. Right. I think what's happened here, Rich, is um, we've got in the mainstream news reporting here and they're coming in with even less than my knowledge <laughs> of this kind of shit. Um, yeah, first of, hang on, I'm just looking it up now. First appearance, All-Star Squadron 25. That's tell You, you, yeah. should, you should shoot Justin Epps a line here because he's very confused writing his article. He says here, okay, uh, blah, blah, blah. As forces overwhelm them, and this is in their title, um, Carter gets some unexpected assistance from a young boy wearing nth, is that how you say it? Metal wings. Who easily, I call it nth. nth. Who easily takes out several guards. The young man greets Hawkman and calls him dad, much to the hero's confusion. While fans didn't properly get to meet Hawkman and Hawkwoman's supposed son, I love that, like they didn't even get to do it, behind-the-scenes material... I don't know what that means, uh, reveals that the boy's name is Hector Hull, H-O-L. Had Hawkman and Hawkwoman... Oh, I see. Had Hawkman and Hawkwoman the Changeling won their round robin, the series would have dug deeper into Hector's background and explored the mystery of whether he's really Carter and She'ira's son or not. Unfortunately, there's no indication that that story is going to be revived anytime soon. While another failed round robin pitch, Blue Beetle Graduation Day got a second chance at life. Signs aren't looking good for others, meaning fans may never know the truth about the Hawks' new son. And that's in quotes. A um, lot of information. A lot of information. And, and you've kind of blown it out of the water. You've kind of said, well, slow down, slow your roll. Um, you know, uh, I don't know, man. What do you think? I don't know. I find modern comics so confusing now because nothing matters and everything is canon and non-canon. And sure, I don't know. As I said, I mean, when they go, he's Hector Hall. As I'm all Hector Hall's always been their son from past since nineteen right nineteen eighty three. He's been their son since nineteen eighty three. So I don't know what to do. I think what we've got here is a situation where you know a lot more than the guy who wrote the article. You know. Um, yeah, I mean, again, less, but again, I have been following, so I'm sure there's probably been tons of retcons and sure. all that sort of stuff and all that crap, so I don't know. Yeah, like, they're like, oh, this is, I yeah, I, I, they'll, they'll try to explain a way out of it, but if he had any real journalistic integrity, there would have been a paragraph going, Hector Hall is not the same Hector Hall that was around in the early 80s, but that will require research, even if it's just hitting Wikipedia, you know? Instead, they want yeah. to pump out these fucking I mean, articles. Yeah. Well, I mean, I suppose that's not... I suppose it's not canon, I guess, because, I mean... I, well, it's so weird, because Al uh, Rothstein, which is uh, uh, Adam Smasher, mm. 
he he's obviously still a thing. Right. Then Fury was supposed to be um, uh, uh, Steve Trevor's daughter, I think. Right. And there's hints that she was supposed to be Wonder Woman's daughter as well. Then there was Rick Tyler, obviously the son of Our Man, and Hector Hall, who was obviously um, uh, uh, he was um, the the Hawks kid and all that. Like that's what Infinity Inc was. And then eventually they added um, Jade and Obsidian. Right. And all that sort of stuff. So I don't know. It's very to me. But I mean, that was that was canon for a long time because even Jeff Johns used, like, obviously Adam Smasher yeah. and uh, um, uh, Hector Hall became uh, the new Doctor Fate. Or Brick yeah. Tyler is obviously our man. So I mean, that was canon up until obviously it must be recently. Yeah. Maybe oh maybe it was fifty two that got rid of that all. When did they get rid of the Justice Society? Was that New 52? Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, technically think so. probably where they fucked think, it all up. I think so, man. That, that, that seems to ring a bell, you know? That seems to ring a bell. But can I say this? This might be sacrilegious. When you get into Infinity Inc., it's kind of like, you know, it's the who cares region of, of comic book history. It's, it's, it's the train spotters who are following that stuff. I mean, I don't. I I disagree because most of those characters went on to no, but most of those characters went on to be very popular characters like Adam Smasher, Jade, like you know. I mostly um, made that copy to take a shot at you. That's where, um, (laughs) yeah, but don't forget that that's also where um, Mr. Bones, Star Spangled Kid, or or or, um, Sylvester, who who went on to become Starman. What about Mr. Bones? Yeah, Bones Bones came from. So I mean, they, they weren't pretty important. It wasn't some. Crappy thing to the side that no one heard of. They were actually quite popular characters. Yeah, but in fairness, Rich, I did mostly make the comment just to take a shot at you. Really, that was the main motivation for my comment. Oh, well, all I did was calmly explain to you. That <laughs> yeah, you were I know. You just you, you were just providing facts and figures, and I was just kind of like I tried to take a cheap personal shot. Rich didn't rise to the bait, which was kind of annoying. Um, anyway, well, I don't know how we got on the topic, but. The fucking news item that I thought was going to be so great turned well, out to... Come to the topic because once again today, all comics can do is regurgitate mm. past ideas in a... Uh, I can't believe it's not butter style. Recycle, repackage, you know, poorly as well. That's poorly. it. Honestly, it's, not, it's just repetition now, isn't it? It's literally just yep. reuse, reboot, reuse, reboot, reboot. Like, it's it's all it is now. Just this, a fucking revolving door of... Crap. All ex- of pre-existing better ideas. Don't yeah. pour it. Yeah, water down. Water it down. Water it down. Like, weaken the source. You know what I mean, man? Like, Gardner Fox would be turning in his grave. You know what I'm saying? He mm. And I dare say we may see another appearance of the zombie Gardner Fox. You know, he's going he's gonna to walk into the offices soon and he'll take his, like, his cigarello, whatever it was called, his little cigarette that he has at the side of his mouth, pull up his typewriter. No newfangled technology for Gardner. And he'll say, my boy, my boy, hit the hole. And he will, he'll just punch out a quick story, flip it up to the editors. They're like, wow, this is this is better than anything we've had in the last 30 years. And Gardner's like, <laughs> Gardner's like I'm warming up. <laughs> yeah, more like, what do you mean? I just bunged it out in five minutes. Just came to me. What do you mean? Yeah, exactly. I've got plenty of stories. What do you mean you an Eisner? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, it, they give him an Eisner. He's like, I've got so many of these damn things. Um, yeah. Now, also, Rich, uh, on my single week, I've been watching Sharps, the Sharp series with Sean Bean. You familiar with it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, 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 like, I'm like more than halfway through. Man, they're really good. Can I say that? I, I mean, I know yeah. I'm late to the party. I bought the um, 
collection. Oh. The Blu-ray collection. You know what we used to watch? Like uh, another thing that's very similar to that that was also a great watch was uh, Hornblow. Yes. Yeah, I've not watched it, but yes, it is very similar. Yeah. Yes. Sharp and Hornblow are fantastic. Recommend that to anyone. I would say those two things are very close. Um, sure, Bede's excellent, uh, as is the whole cast. It's a really good series. Um, mm-hmm. Based on books, actually. Um, based on a series yes, of I'm books. Uh, Bernard Cromwell, I think, is the guy's name who wrote the books. And I actually do want to um, try reading them, you know. Um, you know, like we all know my, my track record. Although I am deep in my Roman Carthage book at the moment. I'm in the Punic Wars. We're, Rome have just won the first Punic War in the book. And uh, we're ready to crush these fucking Carthaginians in the second one. I can't wait. You know? Yeah, I, I'm fucking ready for it, man. What I love about this one is Rome wins. You know? That's what's Ooh. giving me a very sweet taste to this book. Because unlike how Rome fell, as you recall, I wasn't happy about the ending with the fall. In this one, they actually fucking win. You know, it's a tough win, but it's a win nonetheless. You know? Win's a win is what they say. Definitely. You've got to be a winner and a loser, man. Um, now, you've got some news here about Netflix, Rich. What's going on? Oh, yeah, no, just uh, I read today that uh, Netflix has announced another price hike, even though they have surpassed their projected growth thanks to password sharing crackdowns. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so well, you, you, would think that, yeah. you would think that if they were like, oh, you know, we, we're not making money or we're not meeting our projections, we need to hike that price up again, you know, yeah. to accommodate. It's like, oh, no, but you're growing. I don't understand the reason for the price hike. Like, um, that, that baffles me. Yeah. Well, I mean, they just want to basically, um, how can I say, they want to basically, you know, uh, just maximise their revenue. I mean, I'm pretty sure they are one of the most expensive um, streaming services out there at the moment. Yeah. I also think they're um, one of the worst, you know, in terms of, like... Well, they're pretty much becoming all anime now, honestly. Dude, just you making that comment makes me want to cancel Netflix. Fuck them. You know, like I know. I'm not saying that because obviously I don't know everything is anime, but I mean I get my anime from Crunchyroll, so I don't really give a shit. But uh, last time I did have a look at Netflix, man, there's a shit ton of anime on there, and not a lot of other like content. Like, it's either Netflix own content, yeah, or anime. It's like that's it. It's almost that's predominantly what it makes up Netflix. Now I'm like, well, it's a pretty bad service when it first started. I've got a another. Um... I've got another piece of news that's just come across my desk. Man, this is I'm, I'm doing live news here. The Wonder Man series that... Oh, I'm going to murder this guy's name. My apologies. Yaha Abdul-Mateen 2. Well, that's a mouthful. Was set to star in. May have been scrapped by Marvel Studios. No official confirmation from Marvel regarding this information, but with Kevin Feige's change in strategy for future series, it won't be surprising if some projects are abandoned. Wonder Man, Wait, what's, Rich, been, what's been scrapped? Oh, Wonder Man's been Wonder scrapped. Wonder Man, um, yes. I'm familiar with Wonder Man from reading some 80s Avengers comics. He's the celebrity one, the movie star one. I don't know what his powers are, um, but sort of super strength, I assume. Um, and he's kind of cheesy. Am I thinking of the right guy? He's got wears glasses. Yeah, he's, yeah he's, he's an energy-based okay. per, yeah, thing, yeah, whatever. And he wears sunglasses a lot, you know, yeah. aviators. Very well, I think it's because his eyes glow or something like that, too. So. Right. Okay. And he's a movie star, isn't he? Correct. Yeah, see... I, his brother is uh, Reaper, the guy oh. with the scythe hand. Okay. Wow. John Stamos. 
remembers playing dead while being sexually abused as a child. Jesus. Was sexually abused by his babysitter. Wow. Okay. Didn't know that. Um, yeah. He's kind of always had in the back of his mind. He's kind of pulled that one out at 60. He's got a book out, obviously. Um, you know, but, you know, anyway, wow. Elsewhere in the book, Stamos recalled how he hated his first wife, Rebecca Romajon, during their divorce in 2005. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> he hates well, I'm, I'm assuming that's why you got divorced, right? Well, he hates his ex-wife and then fucking, like, like that. Like, it's like, that's a bit of a come down from sexually abused as a child to he hates his ex-wife. Uh, <laughs> no, at least he didn't bury the lead. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, Disney... Rich have announced a live action a live action gargoyle series. I know that the animated one is beloved, correct? Oh yeah, yeah. Um yeah, um uh shout out to Mitch. Uh mm. he actually sent this to me. Um uh, and I, I gotta be honest with you, I'm like as I said to him, I said, listen, if this is like ten years ago, I think I'd be super excited. Right. Um but right now I just pray that it's not bad. Like, you know, that's it. That's all I, that's the only feelings I have. I hope it's not bad. But at the same time, I almost go like, why do we need a live action though? Why can't we just do a new modern yeah. animated show? Like, you know what I mean? Like there's not enough cool animated shows. Honestly, there's not. I agree. No, like, I, I completely agree. Uh, and, and, and I'm talking about Western animation. Okay. Like from before anyone goes, oh, anime, I get it. I'm talking about Western animation. Sure. There's, there, I mean, we used to have the fantastic Spider-Man and Avengers and yeah. X-Men cartoons. We've yeah. had Superman, Batman, Hulk, Justice League. Hulk, dude, I watch Hulk on um, oh, yeah, yeah. Disney+. We had so many great Western animated shows. Where are they? Like, they Where know they? more. They're gone. So I would love yeah. to have this to be in another um, animated show. But we'll see. We'll yeah, see, I, I, I just feel... Uh, look, it does sound cool, and I know it's beloved. I, I never watched it, to be honest, although I do remember it being yeah. on. I was well, they've got the, um, the games coming out very soon. It's a remaster of the original um, <clears throat> platforming game that came out. Like, okay. Jesus Christ, when did it come out? I think they would have been like Sega and Nintendo you... days. Wow, okay. Well, I mean, it's cool that it's coming out. I, like, you know, I know, I know it's loved. I think that there's a comic book series that has been put out as well. Yeah, yeah, that, that I think it's up to issue ten or twelve. Yeah, or something like potentially that, by one of the former show writers. I want to say as well. I'm, yes, I'm sure that I've seen it. So I know it's beloved. So I'm happy for people because they're getting all this new Gargoyles content, and there wasn't any for like thirty years. So it's kind of cool. Um, oh look, dude, you know, like sometimes they get the live action stuff hundred percent right. But I'm like you, I I would love to get some high quality animation back again that's not necessarily just batman you know what I mean? like I, lo- I would love the batman cape crusader to be awesome but i would love some stuff like this that's non sort of marvel dc you know like you know original animated content mm-hmm. I, I'd, I'd be down for that if it was high for me it has to be high quality and that's the problem they often dial down the quality because they're going for the really young kids so they don't need to really cram in like heaps of quality. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I've always, I'm hoping it's, for that. It's just that wacky shit for, you know. Sure, um, sure. Like Rick and Morty um, sort you know, of stuff. Yeah, you're like, well, not, yeah, you're Rick and Morty, you're Steven Universe, you're Adventure Time, sure. Gumball. Like, it's all these, like, 
I'm a weirdo, wacky shit. And it's like, that is like predominantly the only animation you get now. That is like, true. pretty much that. I will say, Rick and Morty does hit a pretty sweet spot for me, but. Oh, you, know. you talk about Rick and Morty. I saw an article the other day where someone said, uh, oh, you know, the new Rick and Morty's come back, and, you know, it's the first time people get to hear the voices since uh, sure. Justin Rowland departed. Sure. And I was like, come on, don't use the word departed. Fired. Say fired. He was fired, man, for sure. Say forced out. Say let go. Like, come on, let's, yeah. let's not. Don't try and retroactively make, try and make it sound like he left the show. Yeah, of his own, his own free own will accord. kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I know. Funny how they do shit like that, though, like where they go, oh, when you depart, and it's like, <laughs> that's not yeah. being accurate with your reporting. No, well, they're, they're, they're desperate to. I, I always felt that that was a bit of a, um, how can I say? Like, I, I did hear Dan Harmon uh, in an interview was saying apparently they hadn't been speaking for years, supposedly. I don't know if he's trying to distance himself from it, but... Apparently, I'd imagine he's distancing himself, yeah. It sounded like he was. But they, but he, he claimed, and this is in an interview he did, apparently he doesn't do very, very many interviews, he was saying they hadn't spoken for you know, several years. Like, it was, it didn't happen yesterday. It was, it was like, quite some time uh, that there's been this um, split, which, I mean, I know nothing about it, but I was like, hold on a second, doesn't this guy voice everything? Like, yeah, well, I think he does both Rick and Morty. Yeah, see, this is the thing. The way he, he said it, you thought that he was kind of saying, oh, he's not interested in the show at all, doesn't care, barely involved. Then I was like, hold on, doesn't he voice it all? So, like, he's he's bothering to do that, you know? Like, I, I sort of get the shit sometimes with um, sort of reporting that has a very obvious slant. You know, like, he's there to tell his story, I get it, but they, it's a puff piece, basically. It's just an opportunity for him to get out there and get in front of the news and sort of wash his hands of this guy. You know what I mean? And they just, they, they just let it happen. They're just like, oh, yeah, beautiful, just keep on talking. You know, we're just going to... You're going to come out looking as good as possible from this interview. It's just promotional, you know? And they're presenting it as if it's going to be like, oh, there's a chance he could get taken down, but really he's just promoting his bullshit, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, he's got to come out there because obviously with the... Um... Uh, with the new voices coming out, you know, I mean, this is going to be the first season with the uh, with the new voices and all that, so they've got to, I suppose and, they've got to do something. And I'm a big, Rick, say I'm a big Rick and Morty fan, and um, I, I must admit, I'm not totally up to date, but I've, I'm fair way into it, and I'm not going to be thrilled if it's a different fucking voice guy who's just voicing Rick and Morty, like Morty, like you know, you, you're going to have to get spot on. You're going to have to get spot on, and can they do that, Rich? Are, are they capable of that? Oh, they... look, there's, it's possible. I mean, there's people out there that can do really good impressions. So, But doing an impression and acting is two different things. Do you know what I mean? So true. Like, it, it, just because you can um, sound like Christopher Walken doesn't mean that you can act like Christopher Walken. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, genuinely, basically. like, uh, and, and think in the way that he would think and deliver a line. Because uh, you, you're just kind of doing a... A, a mimic version of him, you know, yeah. over the top mimic version, but that's not the same thing as acting like that person. You're, so you're doing a comedy thing, so, so yeah, true. we'll see. We'll see. Or they might just say, listen, fuck it, just do your own thing because, yeah, you know, you, you, there's no point in trying to make parallels. We we'll rather just go, look, it's different. Deal with it. Yeah, just basically throw their hands in the air and just say, fuck it, kind of thing, which I don't think they'll do. I think they'll try to mimic it as close yeah. as possible. Oh, we'll see. I only seen the trailers, so I don't know. I think there's a trailer for it. Jesus Christ. Like, what? what's the world fucking come to? You know what I mean? Where 
where Rick and Morty gets replaced. This guy was like, let's face it, no charges stuck. Can I just say that? No charges actually stuck in the court of law. Like it's doesn't I'm matter these days. Court of law doesn't actually matter anymore. I, 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 I know, and I'm not hugely defending the guy. I mean, maybe he's a massive sleaze, but I'm just saying, literally, no, no charges stuck at all, which is hilarious. No, I know, like, but that's what I'm saying. But it doesn't matter because your career is still over. Like, yeah. you know, like, that's it. Like, yeah, that's the thing. That's the scary thing about today. It's why I think so many people are like so shit scared because you don't even. It does, nothing has to be true. Yeah. All that happens is an accusation has to be made, and that's it. Your livelihood could be over. Your job, you know, you could be fired. All your friends walk away, and it sure. doesn't matter if it comes out months later or a year later that you were innocent. It's done. No one will touch you with a ten foot pole. Yeah, yeah. Well, very few people. They've, they've tarred and feathered you enough, kind of thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, pretty much. They're just you know, yeah, you've got to stink on you, and no one wants to. No one wants it. Yeah, interesting. Um, interesting, interesting, interesting. Now, I think Michael Kellishim had some news about Superman. Um, now, Michael Kellishim has a massive, massive grudge against Jason Aaron. He absolutely hates Jason Aaron. Um, and it's kind of amusing. And um, he, apparently Jason Aaron is going to be writing a three-issue action comics arc in 2024, part of the Superman Superstars Initiative, um, which will have rotating creative teams. They didn't try hard, did they, with that name? Um, Joshua Williamson will also write an arc, despite already writing the Superman title, which suggests DC's initiative is less of a well-thought-out plan and more of a we-don't-have-a-plan-just-get-anyone-to-write-anything plan. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't hate Jason Aaron like well, some do. I'll be honest with you. Like, I don't know if they have a plan for anything because they've just announced the Elseworlds. We were talking about that last week, I believe. Yeah. And the first five titles are Batman. <laughs> Well, that's in keeping with Elseworlds. They were always fairly Batman centric. <laughs> no, actually, a lot of them were Superman. True, true, true. But they do love their Batman, man. Like Batman is, you know, like there's a lot no, of. But Batman I'm just saying, you you announce this thing, and the first five you do is all like Elseworlds Batman. It's like it just shows that you don't you you don't have a plan of like, hey, let's bring back Elseworlds now. Let's let's you know come up with some really cool fucking DC universe related shit. No. Yeah. That we can have fun with. They just go straight to like, okay, do five Batman elsewhere stories. Yeah. Just fucking come up with anything. Well, they like... know that like the Batman <laughs> fans do gravitate towards it, so they know it's gonna kind of probably be a winner. But I hear you. I I totally hear you. Like, I mean, I'm guilty of it myself. I I I always go back to Batman in the end. Um, and so, but like, I agree. They they don't spread it so you would have say three Batmans and two. You know, one each of something else, Superman, and I don't know, fucking. Yeah, I, obviously, I know Batman's the, the 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 cow that you milk, but I mean, yeah, you don't have like two Batman and then three others, or yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I, yeah, I mean, I, to have all five be Batman just seems like we don't know what to do other than Batman. And like, I also know. think with their over reliance and oversaturation of Batman, sometimes they actually exhaust the audience because they because they're so reliant on it, like. And Batman fans no, are... That you'll also burn through your Batman shit sooner and then you're like, oh my God, we've got no more. Like, we really need to come up with new Batman stuff fast. We've got nothing. Like, yeah. we've used it all up already. It's like... I know... I, I know... Uh, Tash um, very highly regards the chips that ask you, Batman. Very highly. Uh, and in fairness, I'm actually going to be um, on my flight to Singapore. I'm going to read through it. Um, and I'm also, shout out to Connor at Last Sons of Krypton. I'm going to come back and I'm going to do an Ed Hamilton 
uh, focused episode with Connor and and um, his mate Adam, who's a big Superman expert. Um, so I'm going to be reading some Ed Hamilton Superman on the, who's a famous sci-fi writer who wrote a lot of Silver Age Superman um, on the flight to Singapore, and I'm also going to catch up on Batman. So, but yeah, I, look, I I I I agree with you. I I think it's too much. Like I I don't think you need to put out five Batman Elseworlds. Bang, bang, bang. I think you could diversify the line a little bit. I would have probably done three Batman, two someone else, one Superman, one Green Lantern, for example, you know, or one Wonder Woman, like something like yeah. significant, uh, some, uh, you know, pick two other significant characters. And I think you, you vary the palette. That's the thing. I mean, otherwise, even a Batman fan like me, it's just if it's Batman all day long, every day, you know, it's kind of like I want a different flavor. Like, it's just the way humans are, are made. You know? Oh, I agree. I agree. I just, yeah, when I just saw that, because I mean, we were talking about that, and I was like, oh, cool, Elseworlds. Yeah. And then when I saw the like, solicitations, I was like, oh, wow, all five of them Batman. Like, what a great start. Did you see any of the pictures? Was there, was there any pictures? Like, was it Batman? And a no, it was just more like an announcement that the first five would be Batman. <laughs> They're like, don't worry, kids, there's more Batman coming. <laughs> like... Yeah, for someone like me, it's like, yay. Yeah. Would you like to see a Green Lantern one? If, the, if it wasn't John Stewart, assume it wasn't John Stewart because that would piss you off. I know. I would happy to see any anything, man. I mean, whether you want to do a like a and well, because the thing is, you got to remember, Elseworlds isn't. Um, it's not what if, right? Elseworlds is where you just actually come up with your own. Yeah, your cool own pitch. story that doesn't have to worry about canon. So, like, some of them are like, there's a virus that kills all the men on the planet. Sure. You know what I mean? And so now Wonder Woman and all the female um, uh, heroes kind of step up and, you know, um, uh, there's some boys that are born and, you know, they've got to protect, you know, I mean, stuff like that. Or there was another one where the Earth sort of, um, just like Krypton kind of gets wiped out and Superman's like the only survivor. So it all kind of becomes like a commandy thing, but it's actually Superman. Like, there's, like that's what Elseworlds is supposed to be. Elseworlds is supposed to be like, hey, let's just come up with a really cool concept. Yeah. And we don't have to worry about canon. We can literally take it in whatever direction we want. Uh. Um, just like that one we read the other day, um, the Superman Dark Side. That was cool. I enjoyed that and one. That, that, that was what the Elseworlds was. was like, hey, let's just take a cool idea. Whereas Mar- what Marvel did was what if. What if a story went a different way? Yeah. What yeah. if this event did not end the, like, but elsewhere has always been a just you know, uh, uh, another great one, Golden Age, yes, James Roberts, you know, yeah, like that. That's what Elseworlds is supposed to be. It's supposed to be just you come up with an interesting concept for the DC universe, any characters, whatever characters, uh, the whole whatever, just do it. Like, you got an idea, go for it. But mm, doing five Batman's just doesn't scream. Um, creativity to me. That's all. It no, just doesn't. It, it, you know what it screams? It screams the marketing department. You know, it screams the marketing department, and they're just so reliant on Batman. And uh, like they always will rely on him, and that's fine. But you need to have like you've got Superman. Like even though he's not Batman in terms of popularity, he's still pretty fucking popular. You've got Wonder Woman. You know, like you've got characters that people do know. And like, and I do think some of that stuff you you should exploit with. Um, I mean, I think you could tell a lot of a lot of um, what do you call them, Elseworld stories with a lot of the Justice League members, you know. And and and, and the longer it goes on, you could slide in a few really random ones. But I I just feel that like I'd say Batman, yeah, of course, Superman, 
Wonder Woman, Green Lantern, I reckon those characters you could exploit for a lot of Elseworlds, you know, instead of oh, just God, yes. I mean, know? even now what we're talking, I'm thinking of another one, uh, Justice League The Nail. That's good. I love that one. You know what I mean? Like, there's just been so many great classic yeah. Elseworlds ones. It's just, yeah, Jesus, like... But again, is that a thing of like, okay, they lean too much on Batman, but is it also a thing of like, there's no one with any good ideas? Oh, no, I, I don't think it's an ideas thing. I think it's an editorial marketing thing. I, I don't think that... Well, like, I don't know, maybe. Because my, my question then is, no one is, is no one coming to editorial with good ideas? Like, oh, no, is, I, everyone I just pitching a, is everyone just pitching a Batman idea? Or is it of them going, no, 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 can, only Batman? I, I don't know. I mean, both seem log- like... Plausible to me is my point. I don't know which way to go because both seem plausible to me. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think that the the sad fact of the matter is that, like, I think marketing and, you know, whoever's looking at the numbers, they just know they will sell a certain amount of Batman, like, no matter what. And honestly, dude, they are fairly short-term thinkers. You know, like, honestly, DC have shown... They are very, very, and Marvel are the same. Very short-term thinkers. They, they, they're thinking not long-term at all. They're very short-term thinkers, and they just feel like if we could get some really big Batman hits, and you know, potentially we could then spin it off into a fucking animated movie if it's any kind of a hit. Like that's how they think. And if they were sensible, they would do what I'm saying: just do three Batman and one Superman and one Wonder Woman. You know, it's not that risky. You know what I mean? Like, and that way you, you do bring a different palette, but they're just like, it's just the golden goose as far, as far as they're concerned. Like, it's a safe bet. And, you know, and they also get the bounce that it's Elseworlds, which are being brought back after, although it doesn't feel to you like the DC fucking universe has become Elseworlds. I think it does. It feels like. Oh, I think so. Yes, as yeah. I said to you, I don't feel like anything matters in the DC universe. Yeah, like, they've, like... Su- they've succeeded in making me feel like. I mean, long gone are the days where people gave a shit about continuity now because no one cares about it. And I was never a continuity whore, but I certainly liked to, to feel like things were happening that mattered. Whereas now it's like, nothing matters. You know, nothing matters. It's okay. Just don't worry about it. Like, you know, don't... Oh, yeah, tell- nothing matters. It'll be retconned or changed in uh, a month. Yeah, and and I'm not really griping out of any, like, sort of, like, anger. I'm more bemused at how, how they fumble the ball is kind of... It's more like... And, I, and, and I'm and i a huge Batman fan. You know this, Rich. And I think that they have milked it too hard to the exclusion of some other people. Now, some will say they're trying to sort of pedal back on that a bit and definitely they're putting a bit more focus on their Superman. And, I mean, we hated the Wonder Woman, but it does have a high launch. I don't know. Like, but... The proofs in the pudding and coming out with five Batman Elseworlds out of five tells me that marketing is still driving the decisions and the decisions are being made, not looking down the track of even six months. They're, they're going month to month. You know, they're, they're, on, they're on survival mode, basically, you know? Um, they're, they're not thinking long-term, dude, at all. And eventually that, that comes back to bite you. and You know, it really does. That kind of short-term thinking with no real long-term vision, it will come, it will catch up on you kind of thing. Like... And and that's kind of where they are, and 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 I don't feel a hell of a lot of sympathy for them, really, because I think that they've kind of dug their own graves a fair bit, you know, uh, to a certain to a certain extent. Like, it's hard to feel sorry for a company that just so actively 
has kind oh. of poisoned its own world. Oh, yeah. Well, it's hard to feel sorry for them where they've made the mistakes. <clears throat> you try and tell them that they're making the mistakes. They tell you to fuck off. Yeah. Right? And then they keep going, and then they turn and go, oh, please feel sorry for us. We made. And you're like, no, we... Like we've been trying to tell you for years, you're going down the wrong yeah. path. Like, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I um, it was a very interesting conversation I was listening to this discussion where it's funny if you look at like it, it seems like the things that are. It's interesting that people are in the past, right? Yeah. When the baby boomers had their babies, right? So let's say the average was what two and a half, like per couple. Yeah, like sure. baby boomers, that was with the average of what they had, right? Yeah, yeah. So that means, it, as a business, you would target the kids because yeah. it was more of them, right? Yes, obviously the parents would buy it, but if you get the kids to get their parents to buy it, sure, you're, you're selling more. But obviously, the problem today is you've got less people having kids. Like right. that rate has, has really dropped. It's definitely not two point, you know, two and a half now. It could be like one and a half or one. Sure, and so. Now you actually you almost if you actually are targeting those kids you're almost not making money. So in a sense it was so it's really stupid of them. They seem to be chasing this younger crowd that there is technically less of them now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because less people are having kids, and it is people like us in our age bracket who are still into this stuff. We never sort of grew out of it. Sure. Who want to actually buy your shit, but you yeah. don't want to market it towards us. Well, it's the old, it's the old conundrum. Like, well, that's what I said. That, that used, but that's my point of like people not adapting. Mm. That's how it used to work in the past. You always targeted the kids, yeah, because it was more of the kids. Sure. But right now, there's definite like you would almost say like like you're targeting these kids, but one, there's less kids because people are having less kids, <laughs> and now you need to you need to look at how your market changes. I mean, uh, how, older bands are still doing massively well now. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And they're not doing well because of young kids. No, no. Well, it's it's funny, though, Rich, because I I don't have a problem with them targeting youth. I I actually just feel they've done it unsuccessfully. That's that's the biggest problem. I think they're very unsuccessfully targeted what they feel is the youth market. Like, they they just haven't succeeded. They've completely failed. And they've alienated the older collectors, you know? But, but it's not just like failing they targeted them. What they don't understand is that the internet has changed the way things work. So in the past, as you got older, you had less time for games and all that. Sure. You know, so you, you, you back in the day, you'd be like, whatever happened to that band? Whatever happened to that actor? But guess what? You have the internet now. You have Instagram. You've got Facebook. So the people are never out of your life. Right. So now they can have a longer career or a longer reach because – they are always around and their fans can now interact with them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like 50 years ago, if a band sort of stopped producing or they didn't tour, you almost forgot about them in a sense. Do you know sure. what I mean? Because yeah. it's not like they were there constantly. But a band now can just be like, hey, guys, doing a YouTube live chat, blah, 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 or whatever. So people are not disappearing into obscurity anymore, which means the older crowd is now staying long. You know what I mean? Our fans longer because yeah, you yeah. are staying around longer now. They can Again, I just don't feel like people are capitalizing on this. Like yeah, yeah, you're they're right. still chasing that young dollar, which it's the world has changed, man. It's not the, it's not how it is anymore. True, man. That's my opinion anyway. No, I don't think you're, you're incorrect. Um, certainly the, the, the market is there uh, in terms of an older audience and certainly <laughs> rock, 
stars who are well past their peak, you know, well past their peak, are still able to have very sustainable careers touring and stuff because they're able to target the demographic and, you know, endless re-releases of their stuff. And, yeah, it's given them a, a new lease of life. I think you're right. Um, whereas, I mean, put it this way. When, when I was a kid, I had more time to, to, to get on my bike and go around to all the different shops and stuff and all that and try and find comics, right? Sure. And if that had stayed like that, as I got older and got a job and, you know, maybe started dating, I probably would have had less time to do that, sure. which means comics would have got out of my life. But as I'm growing up and the internet's becoming a thing and, you know, I can now find comics easier. I don't have to even go out to the comic. I can just do a an order online. Yeah. Go pick, you know what I mean? That's my point. Like, we're not growing out of things anymore. We're not getting to that point where it's hard to keep going with something as you get older. No, in fact, the internet helps you. Yeah to actually go, oh, I still want to keep, you know, in with that or oh, still want to read my comics or play my games. And I just, uh, it's like these companies are stuck in the past mm. and they, they, they keep using a business model. As we discussed, like, you know, your business models need to change. You can't just keep doing things sure. like you did the old, the old way. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, it's baffling to me sometimes. Sometimes I just can't even wrap my head around like, because I think to myself, hang on a second. But if if I'm the, if I can discover these things and come to these conclusions, mm. do, are they not, or they just go, no, we we accept that's a fact, but we don't want to do it. I think it's more that like they, they they would have the smart brains in the room who've told them these things. Like, but the comic book industry has completely the American comic book industry has completely failed to adapt. They have massively massively not succeeded. The only thing they've done right is really following the pattern of getting trades and hardcovers into bookstores and stuff like that. That they have done well at. But they're, they're, they're what do you call them? They're like their weekly or monthly release schedule and, the, and that kind of stuff. They have completely failed to in any way sort of even adapt to the changing market inside the last 10 years, you know, because things change rapidly, you know, you know, really. And the, the problem was they were so successful for a large chunk of time from, let's say, the early 80s to mid-2000s. You know, they had a very long streak of that model working for them. You know, yes, there were ups and downs, but that model worked for them pretty well. They then didn't anticipate what was coming next. What they have done well is... I think their trades and their hardcovers and all that stuff, they have put that into bookstores and stuff, which probably sells a pretty decent amount. But other than that, um, and they've also failed. And that, that's that's what. How do I say that's um, you know release? That's the, the the physical release. But their actual, you know, if we want to talk about the content as well. I think that's where they've really also failed. So they've failed on two counts. Um, they've turned away, I, I'd say probably the last seven, eight years, they've turned away a lot of older readers and collectors who, as you say, a lot of have income to spend. You know what I mean? Like I don't really have, of course I have a limit, but the, I don't have the limits I had 20 years ago. You know what I mean? I, I, I there's a The limit's big that I could spend if I wanted to, but I don't have to because... They've really narrowed down to almost, if you can imagine a river ridge, it's not even a stream. It's like a fucking trickle across a fucking desert now in terms of new content from Marvel and DC. And 
so they've so as well as their release releases their physical releases how they get stuff out there even stuff on the internet they've done that okay what they've failed with is the releases in the stores getting people to embrace the monthly comic model you know um, all that kind of stuff they've completely failed there and and the content of what they're producing is in general quite poor you know and so it's it's hard to feel sorry for them because you're kind of like, eh, well, you guys did it to yourselves. Like, uh, you know, I, like it's like someone at work. If I watch someone at work completely fail, and I did try to help them at a certain point, you know, like you know, like it's like okay, they're not a direct report, but you sort of you see them floundering. It, it does happen. I've been in you know the career for a long time, but if they just ignored it, not even my advice, ignored others as you know, just did their own and completely flamed out. We've all seen these people in workplaces, you know, over the years you don't really feel sorry for them other than like, you know, it's not nice when someone loses their job, but they've done it to themselves. You know what I mean? Like it was their own, they created their own misery sort of thing. And there's a repercussion for it. Like, so it's, you sort of like, you shrug, you go, well, they were on a suicide trip, you know? And that's what Marvel and DC have been on. And I show no signs of pulling out of it at all. Like, maybe DC do a bit better because they've got Batman and stuff and, like, maybe they do that a bit better, but not that much better, you know? Like, not that much better, really. Um, and they've certainly, I think, I think universe, not universally, because there'd be some older collectors who are like, I still love it all, you know, that kind of, like, you know, like, branded in their soul kind of person. But mm. but a lot of the readers like you and me, we've, we've put our time in, in the trenches, you know what I mean? Like... We're sort of like, yeah, put out the old collections, guys. Just don't get that wrong, you know? Um, and, yes, there will be some stuff, new stuff that comes out that's that's decent. But, yeah, it's 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 a sad story. And I don't even really like going into it in such depth, but I just feel that they're not – they're either not hearing it or they're choosing to ignore it. And I, I, I question where it's all going to wind up. Um, it would be very interesting to be a store owner of a major store and looking at the numbers and looking at where your revenue comes from and because you'd have the numbers, you know what I mean? You assume you're a good store in a good location and like how much of what you're shifting is based on comic books and what publishers and how much is merchandise kind of crap, not crap, but, you know, paraphernalia, you know what I mean? For want of a better word, action figures, fucking mugs, whatever, it would be interesting to know what 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 is going on um, at a store level if it's a decent store, and, and of course you know like that's not even taking into account. They always tell you that like digital comics sell like a tiny fraction, but they also price digital comics very high, you know, at first and then massively reduce them very shortly afterwards. So mm-hmm. that that's interesting as well because. That's also part. They're like, oh well, digital comics sell really poorly. It's like, well, no one wants to pay fucking six dollars for a digital comic, which they know they can get, you know, it, you know, probably six months later for a buck. You know what I mean? And then they know that if they buy the subscription model of Marvel Unlimited or DC, whatever it's called, Infinite, essentially, like that, that, that there's a lot of content in there. Like I, I think both of those services are well worth the money. You know, like, I don't actually have Marvel Unlimited. That's only because I don't have that much interest in Marvel at the moment. Like, I, I could get it tomorrow if I wanted. But DC Infinite, there's a lot of content on there. Um, and I oh, think yeah, I yeah, think yeah. that that's actually really quite good value for money. Um, 
So they do some things right, but it's almost like for one thing they do right, they've probably done 10 things wrong, you know? And it, I, I would love to maybe not be working there as independent upon them completely, but I'd love to be some sort of consultant or something and be able to run my eye across some of the numbers and suggest some strategies and try some stuff. Because I do think that, honestly, they should be trying some different techniques and models and stuff and and probably rolling it out a bit more. Um, because, you know, I would assume without without knowing too much about it that you could probably put out a lot more digital content than they do um, and, and test the market that way and... I mean, they, one thing they at least do, Rich, is they are pretty good on their collections. They are starting to dig a bit deeper, DC, into collections now, like stuff that's well, not yeah. just... Because they need something new to put out in the market that's going to get people yeah. excited. Yeah. Well, it's good news for collectors like me and you because some of this stuff is, um, you know, that some of, some of this stuff is, is great. It's never been collected before. So... I'm like, I'm glad but it's that's happening. Why I get, like, I mean, that's why I get annoyed that there isn't some sort of streaming app that allows me to watch just a whole bunch of 80s and 90s shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? If they could come out with it, or if just some of these streaming services could just get more 80s, 90s, 70s shit, mm. TV shows, movies on their stuff, I'd be a happy chap, man. I'd be like, sure. I don't need anything new. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'd be like, I'll watch everything over. I'll watch all the stuff I never really got to watch or yeah. never got to watch anything fully. I will I will do it all because I have almost zero interest in current modern stuff. Current modern stuff is not made for me. It's like it's literally made to spite me. Like is what <laughs> it feels like sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like because that's what I do. I feel like like I'm sorry, but I hear some of the way the writers talk now. And they've got so many so many hate boners for, for groups of people that that's how they're writing. And yeah. when I look at when I listen to older interviews of older writers, it was always about the work, about like the character, like interesting stories, like what you could do. But when you talk to writers today, it's all about like what's the message, what's the agenda, what's mm. what are they trying to say, you know, what, what do they feel is important to them and, and the world. And he's like, no, that's yeah. not what yeah, that's I not know. what I'm into comics for or yeah. games or whatever. I'm in for fun. Yeah. Like I, I hear fun. you. Yeah. Where they're like, we're gonna make um we're gonna make a new Matrix movie and it's gonna be all about trans rights. And you're like, ugh you know, okay. Like, I'm using that as, I'm being hyperbolic, but you, you're sort of like, okay, I mean, you know, like, that doesn't entice me. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's that kind of thing. They'll pick a property where you're like, oh, I'd like to see a story there, and then they're like... And, but, and, and, but I'm also not opposed to those sort of stories if you're telling it because you've got a story to tell. Yeah. Not because you've got a message to sell or sure. you feel slighted and you need to you need to berate people or you want to have a go at people in a comic. That's not why you write. If you've got a story to tell, an interesting yeah. story, yeah. I'm open to it. I will read your story if you're saying, listen, I wrote this to entertain you first yeah, and to make you think second. Then I'd be like, okay, well, I'll give it a go. But if you say, no, 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 I wrote this to make you think. Right to tell you how I feel, then I'm like, okay, but I'm not interested. Then, like, if that's your, if that was your number one motivation, I'm not interested in being lectured to. I mean, like, there have been like, like Jesus Christ, like, there's a lot of poorly written, what do they call it, polemics, um, in the course of history. There has been a lot of crap written that's just basically thinly disguised political 
screeds. You know, uh, look, of course, there have been some great examples of it. Animal Farm's probably the one that is the most is the best one I can think of off the top of my head. But but they're few and far between the successful ones. Um, I oh no, but the thing the is, but those stand out because they are standouts. But yeah, if everyone yeah. is trying to do that, yeah. then there's no standouts. No, I, then uh, it yeah, be I, of the same shit. I, I'm literally going to the gold standard. Do you know what I mean? Like, and most of the stuff you're talking about falls so far short of that. And like, let's be honest, like a lot of this stuff, it's not earth-shattering stuff. You know what I mean? Like what you like. If you read some of this stuff, you wouldn't go away thinking really deep thoughts about about anything. Like it's pretty fluffy shit a lot of the time, and fairly non demanding kind of stuff. You know, like it's the the vast majority of what they're proclaiming to be so incredibly progressive and great. You read it and you're like, "Wow, this feels like a Scooby Doo episode." You know. Like it's a, it's oh, as imp- a bad one, but yeah, yeah, no, it's a, it's as impactful as Scooby Doo, which is not impactful mm. at all. Like it's supposed to be a bit of fun, but they're like, but minus the fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, I take any fucking Scooby Doo ever over the fucking shit they put out. No, it's interesting. Look, I'd I'd be fascinated to see uh, listeners' perspectives. Reach out to me uh, on Signal on the Facebook page, um, you know, and message me and the Facebook group and stuff like that. And I'll, you know, I'd be interested to hear people's thoughts because it is an interesting topic. Um, I guess I would be more interested in it if I was in charge of maybe a line and I think uh, have the freedom to do some stuff. I think the problem is that it's so corporatized these days and they're making so little money from the actual print comics, you know, like that they just don't experiment very well or very much. And that's part of the problem, I think. You know, like, they're, they're sort of like, they're so adverse to risk, but they're also failing. So it's like, well, I don't know. Sometimes I think you've got to take a few risks and and try a few different things and, you know, uh, like, and, and stop chasing oh, imaginary you, audiences. Well, that, you, you have to take risks, man. Like, that, that's what's so annoying is I understand that you do want to try and minimize your risks, right? And, yes, you know what? <clears throat> Maybe you do want to make the occasional safe movie or safe bet. Yeah. You know, so that you can keep the money flowing, but it doesn't mean you don't take gambles at all. Exactly, you know what I mean. It doesn't does it doesn't mean you don't roll the dice at all, and that you always just try and play the odds. Because if you always just play the odds, you won't win anything. Yeah, agreed, agreed. Um, speaking of someone who won, John Carpenter confirmed he knows who the human was at the end of 1982's The Thing. Do you know, Rich? Because I'm confused. I know because Kurt Russell. From memory, was well, the only one we know for sure is Kurt Russell, like because we follow him, oh. so we know that he's not taken Do over. Do we? Yeah, I we, thought the whole point was at the end it's Kurt Russell and this guy. And no, you don't know which the one. whole point at the end is that you don't know if the guy sitting with him oh. is or not. Really? You know, I know they're trying to. I know. I don't know why people are trying to make like, oh, we don't know which one. Don't be ridiculous. We literally just—he is the main character. We literally follow him. Okay. Like the whole movie. Oh, like, well, it's I forget. Not a question I, of I, he. I, I haven't seen the movie in like ten years, so I'm forgetting. Yeah. Like, it's not a question of whether he is. It's a question of when. Um, oh crap! What's the, the other guy? I, I know. It's, I know it's Keith, but what's the what's the character's name? Um, I, I'm going I can't to remember. The anyway, when 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 Keith comes over and he's kind of, and they're kind of like looking at you. And then he just goes, ah, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, we're literally yeah. going to die anyway because the fire's going to burn out and we're going right. to freeze to death. So fucking whatever. If you're the thing, you're the thing. 
Like yeah. that, and the whole point of was was they what was he the thing? Like was that character the thing or not? And that's been all the right, speculation. Right. So Charles and, returns as McCready, who was played by Kurt Russell. Sent yeah. by the burning remnants, saying he got lost in the storm while pursuing Blair. Exhausted and slowly freezing to death, they acknowledge the futility of their distrust and share a bottle of Scotch whiskey. Yeah, that's well, I mean, obviously Charles has got distrust because he has he has been lost. He's been or claiming to be yeah. lost. But we know, as an audience, we know it's not McCready because we've been following him. Yes. Like the the whole time, like we've, right. you know what I mean. So yeah. if anyone thought he was, I'm like, come on, like were you not paying attention? <laughs> well, I, I probably wasn't paying attention, and I also don't really remember. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. I actually I love that movie. We're actually watching it, so um, we're going to be watching that for Halloween um, okay. because well, that's one of my favorite all time favorite. Um, you've got to pick a movie for Cinema of Doom too. Remember? Um, I don't know if you did. Um, I remember I gave you that job. You've got to think of a movie for Cinema of Doom. Uh, well, I haven't because obviously you're going away next week and all that. So I was like, okay, I've got time. Yeah, you've got time, man. Jesus Christ. Like, you've got fucking time, dude. Um, I love the way John Carpenter teases it, though. Like, does he really care? No, I think it's because recently someone made a video where they were talking about how uh, one of the people that worked on the movie claimed that he, the if you had a light shining in your eye, right, then you weren't a thing. And if you notice, uh, Charles doesn't have a... And then John Carpenter came out and said, that's bullshit. Right. <laughs> that's not a thing. He, like, he knows. But I was like... But also, but the whole point of the movie is you're not supposed to know. Like, you're supposed to leave yeah. that movie going, fuck me, I wonder who, yeah. if he is. Was he telling the truth? Did he get lost? Is he bullshitting? We'll never know. Like... Yeah, like that's the whole point of the movie. Of the I mean, cool. It's, yeah. it's cool. To, it's fun to speculate and all that, but there is no definitive answer, and that's the point of it. Well, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's kind of part of the fun of the movie, isn't it? Like you know, that leaves you with that kind of like yeah. question. I actually believe that he is that he is human. Yeah. Well, I don't know because it kind of makes it, it. It kind of makes it sad that um, if you think about it, it makes it sad that the two of them will sit there not sort of trusting each other, but also have to give into the fact that they're going to die anyway, because yeah. ain't no one coming. The base is destroyed. Yeah. They have no food. They have no warmth. So it doesn't matter. And it's so sad that probably both of them are human and they're going to spend their last few moments unsure, not trusting each other until they freeze to death. Kind of makes it tragic in a way. <laughs> sure. Well, that's the point. the point of it, isn't it? Like it's, no, I think so. It's anyway. the futility of the human condition. Uh, that we're we're facing at the end of the thing, you know, and the suspicion, the suspicion, Rich. You mm, know? Suspicious minds, eh? Suspicious. We can't go on together with suspicious minds. Suspicious minds. What a great <laughs> fuck. What a great. Oh, I thought that would get you going. What a great fucking song. Elvis in his absolute glory, and can and who can forget? Rich didn't include him in the Masters of Rock. Jesus. I did not include him in my. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not happy about that still, frankly. You know, what more did Elvis Presley have to do for you, Rich? Jesus Christ. Well, he, again, the problem is I didn't really grow up listening to his music. I only kind of discovered his music much later in life. My dad wasn't a big Elvis. Like, he liked Elvis, but he wasn't a big um, was collector of his music. He was more into the Beatles and, um, yeah, and all that. The Beatles so. were great, but like Elvis. The Beatles were great, man, but there would be no Beatles without Elvis, man. None. Zero. John Lennon, John Lennon was obsessed with Elvis. I can tell you that. Obsessed. Loved Elvis. 
So you know, rock maybe. And roll. Oh, dude, without Elvis, you wouldn't have rock and roll as you know it, man. It'd be a different. Maybe beast. can't go on together. Like I mean, he was man. successful, but the, but let's not pretend there weren't other people doing music like him. So no one like, is good. On, like, Jailhouse Rock, man. He just throws that out, throws, mm, throws that out there. Come on, Richard. It, 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 it would have been a black guy that uh, <laughs> Richard Sender. Address unknown. I mean, you don't get me started on Elvis, man. Like, he's the king of rock and roll. That's, that's literally his title, dude. The king. You know what I mean? He's the king, Rich. Meanwhile... Okay, I'm pretty sure that's a title that he gave himself. Meanwhile, anyway. you're there not putting in the masses of rock. You Maybe you should be tarred and feathered like the Rolling Stone guy was. Uh, Tarn feathering doesn't have any effect on me. <laughs> Remember the Rolling Stone guys? Like, there's no blacks and no women in my in my book because they're not psychologically of the level or whatever. It's just like, wow, was this an apology or an explanation? Both. <laughs> it was. He it was, was one of those sarcastic, I'm sorry, they weren't good enough. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty funny. Um, yeah, it was just like, wow. He, but I, I sense it was a rich old guy who just doesn't give a fuck, you know? I yeah, probably. Yes, yeah, an egotistical old guy who's just like, fuck this shit, I don't care. And the, ironically, I was I was wondering if his book would sell, be selling well, but apparently it's selling very very poorly. Um, I read. I don't know if that's true. We should look it up actually. While I'm on while I'm on on here, I'll look it up on Amazon. Um, now Peter David has there's a health update. Update, Rich. Do you want to take us through? It's quite sad actually. Uh, let's have a look Peter David's health update. After suffering a stroke last November, Peter David is still not well enough to go home. Currently being treated in a rehab dialysis center. Right. The legendary writer cannot stand on his own, has trouble with his memory, and has had numerous infections. His wife updates his GoFundMe regularly, and it seems every step forward is followed by more steps backwards. It's, yeah, so that's how it goes in life. That is sad. Um, He's really struggling, isn't he? He's probably mm. not long, he's probably not long for this world, like to be brutally honest, you know. Uh, uh from the sounds of it, no. He's uh, on dialysis. He's had a stroke. You know, it's tough, man. It's it's he's had a lot of um health issues over the last, I'd say, twenty years. I mean, he's a very, I mean, let's be honest, extremely obese individual. Um, you know, you know what? Sorry, I'm just a little bit off topic, right? Um, something just kind of annoyed me is. <laughs> Whenever you seem to type Peter David into Google, because I was trying to look up and all those sort of stuff to get uh, more of the news, sure. it keeps auto-correcting it to Peter Davidson. The Doctor Who? No, the fucking idiot um, oh, junkie fucking, I hate comedian. That guy so much. I hate that guy so but much. But I was like, fuck off, Google. Like, stop. Yeah. yeah. Stop trying to auto-fill me to Peter Davidson, you piece of shit. I don't care about I Peter Davidson. I fucking like, hate Peter Davidson. He's one of the most unfunny people in history. You know, and yeah, and also junkiest looking. Yeah, he's an absolute clown. The amount of women he's gotten, I just do not understand. You know what I mean? Money, man. Yeah, cash, cash on hand, cash on hand, man. Yeah. Same with the uh, uh, Russell Brand. Like, I'm sorry, Russell Brand was no catch. He wasn't. He was no looker. But no. you know, he brags about bending all these women. It's like, well, well, women love famous guys. So yeah, yeah. good on you. Yeah. But that, but that's what they say. That's what I say. As a man, if you're ugly, right? Yeah. Better have a big dick or a big bank account. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Um, yeah. Well, I can't even fucking find. Like, I don't think this Masters 
book is even on sale on Amazon. I can't even find it. I'm trying to find this fucking book. Maybe he's been cancelled so completely he's not even on Amazon. That'd be funny. Here we go. I found it. The Masters. It's called The Masters. Conversations with Dylan, Lennon, Jagger, Townsend, Garcia, Bono, and Springsteen. Um, okay. Where is it ranked? It's ranked currently 37,000. Um, that's the print edition. Um, the hardcover. And the Kindle version is, wow, it's it's out at 218,000. So it's not doing too well, really. Considering it's a big release. You know what I mean? Like, they, they wouldn't be happy with that at all. Um, yeah. No, but I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, that, that sometimes that expression of no, uh, you know, um, uh, any publicity is good publicity is not true. I agree. And this is actually a good example of it not being true because I, I wondered, because it often is true, and I wondered if him getting in the news cycle um, would be, you know, pump it up there because the the names that he has picked are all big names. But but I think he – I think – you know what I actually I think? I think if he hadn't made those comments, he would have still got – If he had just shut his mouth. Yeah. He still would have gotten some. It. He still would have gotten some criticism, but nothing like the level that he got by just completely putting his foot in his mouth. You know, like he completely went overboard. Um, mm. Yeah, and he also has a reputation as a real egotist and you know, um, pain in the ass. Basically, he has a long-sided reputation. So that's sad news about Peter David. There is a GoFundMe. I will put it up on the show notes um, because no one deserves, you know. That's a, that's a rough end for a life, and he has had poor health for a long time. So it's you know uh, it's a sad story. He has given us a lot of good stories. Uh, like in fairness, at times on the show we poked a bit of fun at him, but you know essentially he's a very gifted writer. Only good fun. Yeah, we have poked some fun at him. Yeah, but um, but like and he got some laughs at his expense. And hey, so what? You know, it's it's fucking comedy. But at the end of the day. It's a rough ending, and I do feel sorry for him. Um, and so, yeah, if you can contribute to the GoFundMe, because we all know medical um, bills aren't cheap, and rehab's not cheap, and dialysis, and all the stuff that he's going through is is tough. I had a grandfather who had a very, very bad stroke, and I recall him from my younger years really struggling, and it was not even half a life. You know, it was like a very, very shadow of his former life, you know? So, yeah, I, I feel sorry for him. Um, now, Rich, on to brighter topics, because that's a little bit like fell on Black Day, Soundgarden, isn't it? You know, like that's like Kurt Cobain with the fucking shotgun in the mouth sort of style stuff. Yes, a bit. You know, wow. Can you imagine Kurt Cobain? I, I would have loved to have been there and go, hey, Kurt, maybe not with a shotgun. You know, maybe he was taking everything a bit too seriously. Would you like a pistol? <laughs> a pistol, yeah. Uh, Easy all, to manage. Also might have been handy about two years earlier to say maybe no to the heroin as well. You know, can I, just, can I just say something? I've never understood um, a shotgun as a tool to kill yourself. It's like, why would you choose the most like cumbersome fucking yeah. thing with like the longest trigger? Yeah, I just you got such a chance of missing because oh, yeah. you're leading yeah. to get. I I've never understood that. I it's I've always, can, can I be honest with you? I'm convinced that if it's a shotgun involved. Someone murdered that person and then tried to make it look like a suicide because they they, sh- they shot them with a shotgun. It does <laughs> seem like overkill, I've always felt. Yeah, I'm like, get a pistol. It would be so much easier. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe the shotgun was all he had on hand. I don't know. Like, um, <laughs> okay, that could be. 
I don't know. It's it's crazy. Uh, but I've always, I mean, I don't, I'm not a gun guy. I don't know much about guns. But how long would his arms have to have been? Or would, is it easy? Like, it depends how big a shotgun is. I've seen shotguns that are a lot shorter. I mean, well, I, I mean, you can get a sort of shotgun. I don't know if that's it was a big. sort of shotgun. But, I mean, if you get a, a, a sort of a, a barrel shotgun, I mean, that's pretty long, man. Like, even even a pump action one, if you're gonna put it what under your chin in your mouth and then you've got to you know have your hand go towards the the trigger, it just doesn't. I don't know. Like I, I'm sorry, it just it doesn't make sense to me. What a poor choice. I'm, I'm typing into Google this: Kokomo kill himself with a sawed-off shotgun. If he, he, I'm actually, I'm glad that you're saying this because I've often thought that myself. I thought that at the time, I was like, was it a sawed-off? You know, like I don't know. You're um, more messier though. Shotgun. They just say shotgun. Oh, here we go. There's there's photos. All right. Let's see. Let's have a look. Let's have a little look. It's um doesn't look like a sawn off. It's pictures of the shotgun that did it. But um, you know, I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Like um, I don't know. Well, it's it's from this picture I'm looking at. It looks like a normal shotgun. No, it's. I think it's a normal shotgun. Mm. Um. Anyway, the shotgun has been part of the legend upon which conspiracy theories are built. Um, okay, well, you know what? He's dead anyway, so what does it matter? Like, fuck it. You know? I'm just saying I've always found shotgun suicides to be sus. That's all I'm saying. Because you question if they could have done it. I just question... Like the, Most people, if they're going to have a gun in the house, it's going to be a handgun. It's not going to be a shotgun. Well, and if man, someone's going to commit suicide with he was a gun... A, if he was a hunter, he would have a shotgun. You know? Yeah, so, so I mean, Kirk Cobain doesn't strike me as a hunter, Dave. He, um, <laughs> uh, I just think... A hunter of hit songs. With a gun, I just think, why would, you, why would you pick something so sort of unwieldy, you know what I mean? It's like, um, it's the same when people swallow a bunch of pills. I almost think it's a half-hearted attempt. Well, that because... can also be a cry for help, you know, whereas a shotgun That's is what I'm serious. Saying, but, but, but a shotgun, I'm just like, I think maybe something happened in anger. <laughs> someone blew someone's face over a shotgun. I was like, i got to try and make this look like a suicide. It would have been cool if on his suicide note he'd written, smells like teen spirit. <laughs> I've always thought that. If you could go out quoting your own song, you know what I mean? Like, he just wrote "Smells Like Teen Spirit" Kurt Cobain. Could have should have wrote "Smelled Like Gunsmoke." Yeah, no, but but like to me, that's kind of like almost like a sign off. You know what I mean? Like, um, it's like if the Deep oh, Purple, yes. if the Deep Purple singer shot himself and he wrote "Smoke on the Water." <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just it's kind of branding yourself to the very end kind of thing, which I think is kind of cool. You know, I don't think he was thinking that far ahead, yeah, though. No, he was kind of more, or maybe more credence to the fact that someone killed him because he didn't have time. If he was going to kill himself, maybe he would have thought about. Well, you he, know, he, did, he was going to end it. He did write a note, and he was quoting like um, Neil Young, um, "Better to burn Ooh. out than to fade away" and stuff. He was, he was, he was. That's what he mm. quoted. He said, "Better to burn out than to fade." And Neil Young, I don't know. That seems that that seems lame, man. You don't use, as you said, you don't use your own song quote. You don't. I know. I thought. I thought. I thought. <laughs> what you're saying, I thought at the time, but apparently Neil Young was full on traumatized by it, and he wrote an album, "Sleeps with Angels," which has songs about the you know 
con- the topic and stuff. Like Neil Young was really shaken that he killed mm-hmm. himself, and he was like, "Man, I wish he had reached out and realized that those words weren't meant to be." Like you know, like a person who's very depressed, they're searching for reasons to kind of validate their depression and stuff. You know, you know, Neil Young was kind of trying to say, "Look, I was going through a bad moment when I wrote those lyrics." I'm still here. Maybe if he'd give me a call, we could have talked it out. You know, like he was that kind of that kind of guilt. That's obviously not his fault, but he he did feel guilty about it. Um, you know, but hey, dude, if someone's on a death trip, one thing I've learned is they're going to kill themselves in the end. They're going to if someone I really. Want... Yeah, I, I I would not take any responsibility. <laughs> What I said, if someone killed themselves, I'd be like, <laughs> what that, I, that, I killed myself tonight. I, I, I killed myself tonight, and I write to myself tonight. It's all because of Richard comments he made. It's, I'm purely doing this because of what Richard said. And Richard's like, I take I'll no responsibility. I'll be like, cool. <laughs> Richard's like, I take no responsibility for this. Yeah, I don't. I'm sorry. No, well, I agree. I, I, I agree. take zero. Uh, I agree, dude. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I'm probably being nicer about it, but honestly. Unless you've done something heinous to someone or heinous. Like if you've done something like if someone's done something incredibly bad to someone and they and they kill themselves, then I'm like, yeah, there's definitely responsibility. But if it's just like I heard a song that they wrote, you know, and then I kill myself, well no, that's just they're unfortunately, people might not like to hear this, they're kind of a bit crazy. They're almost mentally ill and they're not thinking clearly. I mean, they're very depressed and blah, 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 all this stuff. I, I don't know. Can I be honest with you? I think if someone did something really horrendous to me, I would probably kill them over killing myself just because I know that I will get sympathy from people. <laughs> like, yeah, I'll be judged for it, obviously, and they'll probably, you know, you know, they'll have to charge me or something. But I think, let's be honest, let's be honest, when it comes to, like, what that person did, yeah. I think most people would be like, yeah, but come on, like... Yeah, yeah, I would. I wouldn't like, kill myself. I'd, I'd, I'd be like, kill them. yeah, I agree, man. Punisher style. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'd be hard-pressed to do it as well. I can't picture a scenario where I'm like, especially... And I'll be honest with you, I, I have a feeling I would probably find that probably cathartic. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, like, you sure. know what I mean? I mean, yeah. not being a dick, I'm kind of be like, ah, hey, I'll, I'll remember that, but i also remember killing them. But, dude, he had as well a massive drug habit, and he was depressed. You know, like he, you know what I mean. Well, like, I've said this before. I'm not one of these like goody two shoe guys and all this sort of shit. But let's be honest. I don't know of any uh, drug happy ending stories. Keith Richards, the only one. You know, I well, uh, hang on. His story hasn't ended yet, so let's let's wait. Yeah, but he's in his eighties and he's worth hundreds of millions of dollars, and he's still yeah, touring. But, but he could be. He could find out something after he dies about how fucked up his life was or whatever that he was hiding it. I'm sure. just saying. Well, so far he, there hasn't he, been any happy endings when it comes to drugs and booze with, and the mixture Keith, of the two and all that crap. With Keith Richards um, apparently having his kids meant he tailored down his lifestyle in the last twenty years. Um. He's sort of, I wouldn't say he's drug free, but he's he's very clean compared to what he used to be. And I heard him say in an interview, it was pretty much my kids. I just didn't want to miss them growing up. And yeah, you know, but that's my point. But but he stopped and he made a change. I'm saying I don't know of a hardcore drug user like mm. still going strong that has a happy ending. That's all I'm saying. Like, I mean, I think we could find thousands of cocaine users who, you know. Partake. Yeah, but let's be honest. If anyone's had a happy ending, it's when they stopped. Sure. Yeah. 
That, oh, yeah. That's not a happy ending of using drugs. That's a, hey, yeah. I stopped and then I got my happy ending. I agree not, I got my happy ending because of drugs. You, you can't tell me heroin users are healthy and happy, like in their souls. They're not. It's a death trip, you know? Yeah, I'm fucking a, look at people on uh, on meth and oh, they're fucking and maniacs and all that sort of crack, man. They're like, fucking they're, maniacs, dude. They're fucking idiots as yeah. well. Can I can I can I say? I honestly think, and and I'm someone who in in my youth smoked a lot of dope, and I think you, I honestly, although it's not for me, I think you can do that very harmlessly. I also think cocaine is probably over demonized, uh, and again, not a cocaine user, but I, you know, but heroin, meth, whatever. You know, I speed. Also, the, the, but the problem with, with with drugs, right? Especially your hardcore drugs, mm. right? Especially the drugs that make you feel good, feel right? good, right? That give you that rush. The problem with them is, even if you don't sort of demonize them or you say it's got a bad rap, the problem is, is you are going to want that feeling all the time. Chase the dragon, man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like if if something makes you feel good, feel real well, good, you're gonna use it more. I because feel good, James Brown. You feel for good. Anything that brings you down, like any little thing, bad thing happens. Any little bad news. Oh, I need cocaine. I got to feel better. I need to pick me up. Yep. And you're gonna fuck your life up. So I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's legalized or bad rap. Any drug, any hardcore drug that makes you feel good, like makes yeah. you forget your troubles. I mean, that's literally why you have alcoholics. You know, who over time will fuck up their liver, get diabetes, and all that shit because they get so drunk they forget about their problems. Anything that affects you in that way, I just don't think is. I don't think it's the right answer. It's just a personal opinion. It's not about a whole like ooh, ooh, drug. It's more of just like, dude, like you're gonna be chasing that feeling because any substitute for your bad feelings or your bad mood, you're just gonna take it because it's easier than dealing with it. Like I just think it's silly. Yeah, uh, I agree, man, dude. I, I'm, you know, I. I definitely agree. I mean, I look back on my 20s, especially not even my full 20s. It was really my early 20s to about 20. It was really till I was about 23. You know, I smoked a lot of dope. And, and frankly, it wasn't healthy. You know, like the lifestyle, like it didn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like nothing bad happened and everything. But psychologically, like, I'm, like this is going to sound ridiculous, but psychologically, I wasn't a complete happy person. You know what I mean? Like, although no. I, I, I had a lot of laughs, don't get me wrong, I had a lot of laughs, but I do think there was something inside me that just wasn't, it, I wasn't who I am now and who I, I wasn't, like, because I quit very easily. It wasn't like, it was like, I, I, I basically woke up one day and said, I've had enough. You know, I'm no longer having any fun. And it wasn't like it was some hard decision. And I was very, I, I found like, I felt like I, I felt like I found myself again. I the feeling I always had, especially probably the last year of it or last year and a half, every time I did it and it was becoming more infrequent that I would do it, I would my instant thought was like, Why are you doing this again? Like you don't like the, the it's not fun anymore and I would kind of tell myself it was gonna be fun because all my friends were doing it, you know. And and I'm not blaming them, I was still my decision, but but I was like I just internally wasn't happy, you know? And I think it was the best thing I ever did to just say, you know, not the best thing ever, but it was really, I think, a really good decision for me to say, you know what, this is not, not it's not going to end well. I, I'm not enjoying life. I'm, I'm sort of missing out on things, and I'm just, I'm just really not enjoying life. And, and you flash forward to me probably two months after that, I was already feeling so much happier. I was coming into a summer, and I just felt like, and I also left uh, where I was, you know, living because I was living in Tassie, and I left. 
and be, t- between you and me, sort of zero missed any of it. You know, like really, mm. honestly, like so. And that's a very PG version of something. Like that's as G, it's almost G-rated, but it was my one experience of the stuff. And at the beginning, it was awesome. Like I have really good memories of, of that stuff. And probably if I'd stopped six months in, I would still look back on it and think I think it was a really great time. But I think as I got a bit older and I had a bit more pressures and stuff, you know, I had a lot going on in my life, like in terms of uni, you know, work, everything. Like, you know, it was it was it was sort of like it was too much. I think if you wanted to be a couch zombie, and I certainly know of people who turn into this and just get stoned and be on the couch all day long, like you could. Are you really, in my opinion, is that really a fulfilling life? For me, it wouldn't be, you know? And, well, you know. the thing is, but that's also why I, I understand people go, oh, weed's not like a hardcore drug. Yes, okay, fine. Is it not like cocaine or heroin that's going to, like, fuck up your body? Like, if you snort too much cocaine and shit or that, like, it can, you can actually burn a hole in your nose, right? John Lennon did. I still yeah. don't, I, I don't think that, Smoking weed is good for your lungs long term because you're still no, breathing in smoke, you're still not. inhaling yeah. smoke, but definitely. it still makes you lazy. Definitely. You know what I mean? It still definitely. makes you not care about what's going on around you, which sure. is also a negative at the end of the day, which is why even a lot of people like Joe Rogan mm. and even um even that idiot Kevin Smith. Now, you know, when they first started, they were all hopping like, Oh, it's so good, you know, I do weed all the time. But guess what? Even they changed their tune and said, Okay, no, no, I had to actually stop. Yeah. because I was getting lazy, I was being unmotivated. Sure. So what I do now is I have to do all my work first. Yeah. And then I can smoke or yeah. you know and relax and have weed. But yeah, if you like wake up like even Kevin Smith said I'd wake up and hit the thing whatever like and and he thought it wasn't affecting him, but then he realized no no no, it is actually affecting me because uh, you know, it's, yeah. it's it's lowering your drive to do anything. You know so, what? I mean, all, all things that change your yeah. your your, your uh, not your biology, but like your like your, your chemistry, mind, your mind chemistry. You know, stuff. anything that changes it, it can't be good for you in like re- repeat. You know, yeah. uh, usage and all the, that. The sort thing of stuff, I so. found was the thing I found was unfortunately. Like the thing yeah, I, really... I have done weed and all that as well. I'm not talking about like, oh my god, how do you? I've also done it. I think I think most of us have all done it. Oh, I think it just about everyone. But I, I also think, and I'm I'm dating myself, but I had um really bad insomnia as a sort of my teen years. You know, like really bad. Like I would often not be able to fall asleep. Like really, you know, I had to exhaust myself, and I, you know, and I couldn't even pinpoint why, but. I did find when I was smoking weed that like I, I would sleep like an absolute baby. And I swear to God, that was one of the biggest reasons why I found it so attractive because it really did. Um, I had great sleep, you know, and and for someone who'd struggled for so many years with insomnia, it was a real, um, you know, uh, like advantage. But... Uh, you know, we, you know, you didn't have the, unless you had the luxury of, because I was at uni, unless you had the luxury of a late, um, I had to get up early to do my job anyway, but unless you had the luxury of a nice lie-in, you, you were fucking kind of like, you know, often quite short early in the morning kind of thing. And I also did find that I turned into a bit of an old man. Like I was, and I, you know, I was pretty, I played tennis and stuff, but 
I, I did find that like whilst not 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 in my normal life because I was still very active, but in those sessions and stuff, I was like a fucking um, uh, like the stereotypical kind of like just on the couch, like barely moving, you know, really sluggish, like really unlike myself, and and that was when I looked in the mirror and sort of said, "What are you doing?" Like. Because in the rest of my life, I wasn't like that. But as soon as I got stoned, it was like I, I froze, almost like a statue. And I had so many thoughts that would go through my head. But, like, I physically, I would never do anything. Like, it was, all, you know, very basic stuff. Like, I, I, you know, I hear people who go into all this shit while they're wasted. I never did anything. I was, I was a real, like, you know, like, on the couch, kind of, obviously some conversation. But that was it. Put a movie on. That's about it. Like... I'm always stunned when I hear these people who do all this stuff because I think I was very um, – I, I never wanted to go outside or anything. You know, like that was – it affects everyone. These things affect everyone differently, but that was just my experience, you know. Um, like if, if you said to me, um, you know, this is back when we were 18 and people would – we'd smoke and, and people would put on like the doors and you'd be sort of lying there on the ground um, in like a darkened room. It was awesome. You know what I mean? But you flash yeah. forward like two, three years, you know, the, the fun's gone out of that a bit. People want to do all this other stuff. And I was just, I was really sort of like, I, I felt very out of place and I felt like very much like life was going on around me and I was really not engaging in it in a way. Like I really felt mm-hmm. sort of, like that's actually how I felt. I felt like, man, I, normally in my life I was very engaged. I was playing tennis, I was doing that, I was at uni, I was working, like I was quite busy. You know, in either way, you know what I mean? Like I was not short of, but then when I would get stoned, I was like, it was like I was regressing and I was just like, it was really a weird experience, you know, and I, I really do honestly believe, you know, even though I support 100% people should be able to smoke, it should be decriminalised, I do think there should be a warning label just like with um, alcohol, you know, because if you wanted to, you could get loaded and it becomes a very repetitive... You know, if you're a really heavy drinker and you're drinking all the time, I, I would say that's even worse. Like, it's going to impact your life. That's just my opinion. I know plenty of people who drink heaps who are very high-functioning, but I don't think that's healthy either. So I, I'm a big fan of, like, I would say either don't bother doing it or do it in massive moderation. And the the weird thing is, um, at least in my experience... Everyone I knew and interacted with on a sort of social level in, in that sphere, not people at university, but people, they all did it. So it was kind of, you either you were either did it and were part of that crowd or you didn't do it and you weren't part of that crowd. That's kind of how it felt, you know? I'm probably oversimplifying, but as soon as I stopped doing it, my desire to hang out with those people was, it was, it didn't exist, you know? Mm. Like, it's it's weird. It's just, it's it's odd to me. Uh, you know, it's just funny how life works. It's no one's fault. I'm not. No, no it's one's fault. Don't try and show oh, no, 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 no one forced me to do anything. Like, I mean, I was, I was my own worst enemy in some ways. But like, it's weird that like, I when I decided because I, I actually, to be fair, in the in the last year of it, I remember I was doing it less and less frequently, like super infrequently. Like, I was really kind of like, you know. I really didn't want to be doing it, and then I would just do it because I think, fuck it. Like, you know, we all think we're young, dude. We think, fuck it. Who cares? You know? Um, but it was like, 
I forgot what I was saying, but basic, basically, I, I, I think it was a really healthy decision I made. And, and instantly, I've got to say, my life very quickly returned to how I want to live my life, you know, how I think about things. And, and I thought, I don't need to watch movies stoned to enjoy movies. Because that was really why I was doing it. I, I enjoyed watching movie stoned and I enjoyed, um, what do you call it, music stoned. And then I was like, now, uh, I'm 49, I haven't done any of this shit in like a long fucking long time. And I'm watching plenty of movies and listening to music and I'm absolutely fine, you know? So mm. it's weird the way your brain convinces you that, I think it's all because when we, like honestly, if we're going to blame anyone, let's blame Jim Morrison. Because I remember fondly, fondly, very fondly, sitting on the, not even sitting, lying on the floor with friends, one of whom's a listener to the show, shout out to Stuart, and um, back on uh, a friend's, like, uh, what do you call it, house, and I'm imagining, I'm remembering it was either dark or it was very dimly lit, and Jim Morrison was, you know, singing on the on the um, stereo, and we were just there, and we were just blissing out, and, like, the best of the doors on just repeat, and it was just a great time, you know? And I think for a while you try to recapture that, and it's very hard to recapture perfect moments, you know? Very it, hard, yes. It's interesting. I don't know how we got on this topic, but I, I do think it's an interesting topic. I don't have all the answers. I can only go on my own experience. Um, now, Richard, away from um, our lives and drug abuse, um, a long-lost, a, th- a long-thought-lost X-Wing hero model from 1977 Star Wars has been sold at auction for 3.1 million US after being discovered in the garage of late model maker Greg Jean. The Red Leader X-Wing features prominently in many memorable scenes from the film. What do you know about this, Rich? Is this famous? Uh, I mean, it's not like... Um, I mean, it's not famous famous, but I mean, uh, a lot of the... I think a few of the stuff were... Because this was all like new technology and models and stuff that they were making for these movies. So I think a few things have been lost or uh, broken or misplaced. So are these the things um, that like the Battle of the Death Star, there were all those X-Wing fighters and stuff? Yeah. Um, well, yeah, they had a couple of different, um, they had a couple of different models. Um, uh, but I, it's just more famous. Um, I think, who was it? What is it? No, so like no one. In, I think I think Red Leader is just famous because he gets blown up. Um, he's like one of the first people to die in the trench. Oh, I see. Okay, stuff you know was like you know. Um, so Red how Leader big is this thing? How big is this thing? Is it small or is it big? No, the models are pretty big. I mean, okay. it, it's it's bigger than a model you would have had at home. Um, so did he actually of, sit in it or not? No, 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 dude, not that big. Okay. Um, this was all the um, again. This was all the new technology they did um, with the cameras and the ships, and um, how they filmed the fights and all that sort of stuff. Where they would have these models, yeah, and they would have a camera that sort of moved with them to make it feel like it was real, okay. like real movement. All that. Obviously, when they went to the inside of the cockpit, that's just a guy sitting on the inside of the cockpit with like a blue screen. Kind of right. Yeah. Okay. So he wasn't exactly behind okay. them and all that. Sort but of what stuff. about? Okay, I understand that. What about, okay, say in Empire Strikes Back when um, they're at Hoth and you see all the ships and stuff, or is it in Star Wars 1? You know, when, when you see, like, guys with the ships are there and people are, like, 
remember when Luke sees his buddy and stuff and like they shake hands and stuff like are those models those models or did George Lucas also construct like fully life-sized sort of models that I were mean, in the they tent? did have what they would call hero ones um, which is the ones that you would see on the outside or that they would be climbing into. But, I mean, yes. those wouldn't necessarily be, like, fully, um, like, complete ones. It would just be... They just look... They're, you know, they're good enough for camera. You know, good enough for camera from that angle okay. or whatever because they never moved or anything like that. No, the one that... Uh, this one is just one of the models that they use for um, the, the shooting of the the actual scenes of, of going okay. up against the Death Star and okay. being blown up in the in space and all that sort of stuff. So this is just one of the the practical models that they used for all of the, 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 the fighting and the Okay. Those those shots. I see. Okay. Well it went for three point one million, so that's pretty cool. Um I mean I'm not surprised. I mean that is history. I mean that's that's literally the first X Wing I have a question. I mean on screen basically. I, I have a question. Um when I was a kid, I had a lot of Empire Strikes Back figures, and I also had quite a few um, Return of the Jedi, but I had a lot of Empire Strikes Back. I remember Christmas where I got tons. If I had, um, and I don't, but if I did um, have, like, in the, whatever you call it, in the box or in the card or whatever, like, you know, un- unopened, you know, Han Solos and Princess Leia's and all that stuff. That would be stuff. worth a bit of money right now. How much, though, would it be? How much would those things fetch? That's what I want to know. Like, oh, are we Jesus. talking like hundreds uh, of dollars or more? Uh, I mean, if they if you're talking about originals, yeah, from from, from, from there, if, like a first first edition or first run, brand new in a box, bro, you could probably get well over a thousand dollars for that. Wow. Um, what if you'd open them? Because I open, I open them all. Yeah, then maybe maybe like you know like 200 bucks or something like that okay. like if someone's willing to pay for it. but it would have to be brand new in a box if you wanted to get like right. top dollar wow interesting isn't it it's so funny because like to be honest with you man like as a kid i mean these things were t- <laughs> you know we fucking no, right but again in saying that if you did have an open one but in very good condition like you weren't one of these kids that fucking chewed on their toys or you know, drew on them or something like that. It was a very good nick. Yeah, you can still put, you know, from a collector, you know, because, again, there wouldn't be that many brand new in a box. Sure. Uh, especially if you're talking about first edition. Yeah. Like, as in original, not a reprint or a... Um, no, these a were the, the ones I got were out at the time. Uh, in good condition, that could be in a collection, you could still pull some money from it. I mean, again, not not as much as brand new, but, I mean, you, you, still, get, you still get some money. Sure. Anyway, interesting, interesting times, man. Um, did you bid for the red leader, man? Was the three point one million bid a year? Was that you? Yeah, yeah. I put I put ten bucks in, but ten uh, bucks. I didn't get very far. Tried to lowball. <laughs> you were hoping. Yeah, that... I, just want, just felt, I just wanted to feel like I was part of history, you know. Yeah, you, and also you were hoping like the Disneyification is like reduced prices, you know. <laughs> like, yeah. Like... yeah. Well, listen, I don't have. If I had three and a half million or three point one million uh, lying around, I, I'm sorry, I wouldn't be buying collectibles. I can tell you that much. No, no, definitely not. Um, now you've got some news about Ahsoka, Rich. What's going on? Well, I thought I'd put some since since that Star Wars news was in there. I thought I'd put some other Star Wars news in here. Sure, what's um, going on? So according to like uh, third party reporting, that's like that. What do they call it? That Zumba or whatever in America that tracks. Um, uh, 
broadcast uh, uh, streaming, right? Broadcasting and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, Ahsoka was not the savior we were looking for. So according to tracking and ratings <laughs> yeah, yeah. and viewership, it was a bit of a flop, doing less than Mando season three and about the same as Andor. Right, really. I gotta so say, it was was, apparently, yeah. so many people were loving it, saying, "Oh my god, fucking Star Wars is back! This is the best Star Wars." Mm, no one tuned in to really watch it. Um, well, it I did do. not have. It, no, but I'm saying overall, it didn't have the yeah. viewership of what obviously. Okay. And as discussed, I don't think starting Loki right afterwards, yeah, is helping because now people are like, oh, okay, well, now I've got to watch Loki, so you know maybe they don't go back and watch it a second time. Or I I still haven't watched the second episode of Loki, you know, because I just found the first episode so fucking mm-hmm. dull. I really, I I thought that was. As someone who really enjoyed the first season of Loki, I found that first episode of of the second season just mind-numbingly dull. Yeah. You know, but I mean, but th- but this is where Lucas uh, Lucasfilm needs to be very very careful because you've got to the point now where even if you put out something, look, I don't know if it is good or not. I haven't watched it. Um, some of the stuff I've seen, the snippets, like some of the fight scenes and all that, look terrible. Like <laughs> they, like I'm sorry, they they look cheap. They look like they were choreographed by like a high school student. Like right. um, they just don't look good. I'm sorry, uh, um, but look, whether the show was good or not, if people aren't tuning in, it doesn't matter. Sure. Like if you've lost the people already, it doesn't yeah. matter if you make a good show because they're not coming to watch it. So um, you know that's the danger of sort of making too many bad things or mediocre things that sure. you know people yeah. might not come in and tune in for this one. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting, you know, because again, you you were saying how you really enjoyed it, it was really good, and I did, obviously yeah. I saw a lot of people like you know because there were so many. But this is this is my issue with Star Wars at the moment. It's just so much fucking pandering right now. Right, like you know, I mean, I I, I watched people fucking bawling their eyes out and screaming at their monitors because you know <laughs> and, and because uh, Hayden Christensen was you know yeah. um, force ghosting and and having flashbacks good. and stuff, and I'm like. Okay, but it just means you're getting excited because they put in a um, a main character in it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it wasn't. And, and you just put in from Rebels. I oh, remember this from Rebels. You remember this from the original or, or from the prequels? It's like that's that doesn't make a good show because it means that you're not telling. You don't. It can't stand on its own two legs, basically. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, obviously, you you do have some sort of callback or flashback if it's warranted, if it's necessary. Uh, but apparently they used Hayden Christensen a lot in this, like uh, a fair bit. Not that much. He's there's not that much, man. Like he's in the is last. There, is there like a couple of flashbacks and stuff too? Well, there's the there's, there's like... like three, but they, it's not a lot of screen time. Like there's the biggest one is the one where she goes, "I'm in the Clone Wars." Um, he's literally that's the biggest one by far because that's the one where. Um... And does does his Force Ghost come to her or not? Yeah. Yeah. At the end. Yeah. So the the so a force ghost comes to her but he doesn't go to Luke. <laughs> okay. His his force <laughs> ghost I'm trying to remember. His force ghost comes to her multiple times through the show. Very briefly, but wow. there's one scene where the force ghost comes to her I'm trying to remember. Like early in the season. Then there's the long extended one about two thirds of the way through the season when they wind up in the it's a, like a flashback. She, it's when she dies. That's that's what it is. It's when yeah, she they have a fight and all that sort of stuff. Where she, she goes into a coma. Yeah, exactly. And then they wind up doing flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Um, 
And so there's that one. Um, but then at the end, the last basic thing in the um, show, after, you know, she's stranded with um, Sabine and someone else, I forget who, and they're there chatting and um, he's at the very end as a force ghost, basically. It's like the last shot. It's like it's not that much. Like it's not like he's in it tons. Like it's he's sprinkled throughout it. Like, but yeah. I mean, my my point is, I still think that they 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 put a ton of him in there to actually try and get people to watch. It, it. wasn't like, that well, like he wasn't that good or anything. Like you know, it wasn't like no. But again, it's it's Anakin. It's it's yes. fucking Aiden Chris. I would the prequels. I would prefer it be Darth Vader than um, fucking Anakin. You know. Yeah. No. I so anyway. So moving on from that, um, I so this is it's pretty damning for them that even a show that again, if people say, "Wow, this is the best Star Wars they've made," like this feels like Star Wars. Well, great. No one tuned in yeah. to watch it. Like it didn't pull anyone in. So it doesn't. It's not good for them. No. Um, no. Definitely not. No. Definitely. But not. now I have good Star Wars. It's what, good Star Wars. What's the good news, man? So for and, and I've put this in here. So yeah. if if this if this cuts anyone. I'm not sorry. For true <laughs> old school Star Wars lovers, yeah, you can pre-order Star Wars Heritage Pack for Nintendo Switch coming in December. Okay. This pack, pack includes seven uh, old Star Wars games such as Jedi 2, Jedi Outcast, Jedi 3, Jedi Academy, Episode 1 Racer, which is the pod racer game, uh, Republic Commando, Force Unleashed 1, and Knights of the Old Republic 1 and 2. That you get all seven games for sixty bucks if you're in America or ninety nine dollars here for Nintendo Switch. That that's is the bargain, good. and I have already pre ordered it. <laughs> wow, wait for your Switch. That's pretty good, man. That sounds that sounds pretty awesome. That is fun. But you know what? I was looking in that. I was like, wow, look at that seven games. You know, for like mm. the price of one game and all that sort of shit. Mm. And it actually got me thinking, and I was looking at it. And this isn't me just having a bitch and moaning about current Star Wars again. Um, I actually looked at it. Do you know, forget about original Star Wars. Do you know that for The Phantom Menace, mm. they had nine, nine tie-in games wow. come out for The Phantom Menace. When uh, Attack of the Clones came out, mm. they had six tie-in games. Really? They came out for that. Six. And then when Revenge of the Sith came out, I, I think it dropped again, but I think it was about four, okay. four or five games that came out. And that's not including non-tie-in games, okay? Yeah. So that is just tie-in games that 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 are about that movie mm. let me ask you this how many tie-in games has has a sequel movie got uh zero uh, yeah i was gonna say only battlefront but they're not really um... that's not a tie-in game that covers everything so it has yeah. to be like it has to be episode um uh, uh seven yeah none because the only game outs that i'm aware of outside of um outside of uh battlefront was that the Fallen Order, or whatever it was yeah, called. Yeah, the Jedi, the Jedi Survivor, or Jedi Fallen Order, whatever it was. And then they did have a Lego game. Oh, they Sorry, did, yeah. I, I do like, there was one. For Force Awakens, there was one tie game, which was a Lego okay. uh, Star Wars game. Force Awakens. So one. So you've made three sequel movies with only one tie game. That's uh, all, that's uh, all uh, because uh, of Disney, I think. Um, they, they, what do they call They They licensed it to EA. Who didn't do but it that's still damning. Like again, yeah. that's still mismanagement. That's still an utter like for God's sake, you had I mean nine. Yeah. When Phantom Menace came out, you had nine time games. 
When yeah. Attack of the Clones came out, you had six tying games. Again, tying games. That's not even including the shit that doesn't even, like Battlefield, like the original Battlefront and Knights of the Republic and all that sort of crap, right? Yeah. Like, that's not even including that. Yeah. That is just the tie-in games for those movies. And there's not, other than a Lego one, not a single goddamn sequel one. Even to this day, yeah. there's been no Mandalorian tie-in game yeah. or... Um, you know, there's probably not even an Ahsoka tying game in the world. There's nothing. I now, wonder why. Ask you, how, why. How the fuck do you manage this property? I wonder why there isn't, though, because, like, it seems to me with how big video games are now, like, it's they've only gotten bigger and it, with such a big franchise. And... and by the way, they are stupid because it doesn't even have to be a triple A time. Yeah. It could just be a a, 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 a a shooter game. It could just be a, a platformer. A, 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 I'm just saying anything. You could you could pump out almost anything that's a tie-in game, right? Even just have it be a jumping platformer game. You know what I mean? Like yeah, like you used to go back to and but you've got nothing zero. Yeah, I I don't understand been, it. I really don't understand. There's also been no comics, by the way. I thought there's been fucking shitloads of comics. No, 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 no. I'm talking about tie-in. Like oh, uh, right. comics that are centered around the sequel. Yeah, that's um, because Disney don't want to commit to anything. They want to fucking mine all the other areas. You know. I just say I just think that's utterly shocking. Yeah, but the, but like, that's that's the sure. cowardice of Disney not wanting to commit to anything, as if they couldn't fucking you know they they want to um, <clears throat> do everything between like Empire and Return of Jedi before that it was Star Wars or Return of Jedi like. You know, I mean, again, just just, just remember this, right? Marvel were producing Star Wars comics mm. after the first first movie. Yeah, true. Right, and it didn't matter if none of it was canon. Yeah, it didn't matter that everything would be disregarded. Yeah, people didn't give a shit. Yeah, it was just more Star Wars. It was just fun. You know what I mean? Nothing really happened per se. Yeah. Like it didn't do anything massive, but it just entertained you. Yeah, because you love Star Wars. None of that. True, man. Yeah, I I don't really understand. Yeah, I I, I think I can understand why no comics because because they sort of don't need to do that because they've got all the, um, what do you call, other areas. But I do agree with you that there should have been some stuff games-wise. Yeah, I will admit, I think they did have a, like, I know they did have a Poe Dameron comic, I think, after the first movie because I think he barely featured in the first movie. Yeah. So I think they were trying to give him some backstory, but there hasn't been any other than that. There hasn't been any real comics like about the the sequel no, stuff. It's all that shit about High Republic and whatever else, like you know. Right, and the current the uh, Rebel, you know, they're right. still stuck in the Rebel days. I mean, there's a Vader comic out that's oh, in the Rebel yeah, phase. No, there's there's yeah. a actual Star Wars comic. Everything is everything in comics right now is either High Republic or Rebels. Yeah, well, yeah, and um. Yeah, no, there's there's a lot of stuff between Empire and Return of the Jedi. I think they've been milking that for ages now, you know? Mm, they're um, stuck there, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, wow, they're really, like... Anyway, uh, that know. just got me thinking, because I just saw that today, and I, as I said, I pre-ordered it, and it just got me thinking about, like, like how many games came out for, like, the movies, how many games have come out for the new movies, and I was shocked, shocked mm. when I looked at how many tie-in games came out. For the, the prequels. Well, I'd just like some good games, guys. I don't really fucking care that much about what era it is, but give me something. I, I guess Fallen Order and whatever it was, the other one are supposed to be okay. I've not played them. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, those are put in the same vein. They're like Fallen Order and Ordered are put in the same vein as like, uh, do you remember Force Unleashed? Yeah. One and two. Loved it. Those were great and all that sort of stuff. I kind of put that Loved in the same it. vein, but 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 those games don't really matter. You know what I mean? Like, they're not tied to any movies. Like, I don't even think Cal Kessis has appeared in any TV show, any movie, no, he any hasn't. comic, I don't think nothing. So. It's a literal stand-up. It's almost like it doesn't exist in the in the current yeah, um, but they're fun though. Universe, so. they're fun. But yeah, but it's fun. Like it's just cool because you get to feel like a Jedi. Yeah, man. Well, something else that's fun is there's a new uh, movie out called Zombie Plane. Um, mm. Now, was this your news item, Rich, about an action comedy? Yeah, um, I put this in because apparently um, uh, Chuck Norris and, and uh, Ice really? Cube. Really? No, no, Vanilla Ice. Sorry, not Ice Cube. Vanilla Ice uh. will be playing exaggerated versions of themselves. Mm. Um, alongside, I don't know about pop star, but uh, an actor, Sophie Monk. I know who she is. The the blonde. I know who she is. I don't, I'm not sure if I would call her pop like a pop star. Maybe call her a fail star or something. But <sighs> oh, she's okay, um, man. Like she does all right. Oh my gosh, she sounds as, almost as bad as uh, Miley Cyrus. Yep. I don't mind it. She's all right. She's an Aussie who's done pretty well. For anyway, me. the movie was shot on location in Australia early this year with uh, directors Lev Bodenaruk and Michael Pierre okay. of Chop Shop Post. Well, I, and it's a zombie thing, so that sounds fun. Zombie play, yeah. It's an action comedy. We might do a, a cinema of doom about that. Why not? Fuck it. Why not? I like I like um, Sophie Monk, and I. Like Chuck Norris, I wish it was Ice Cube instead of Vanilla Ice. Who's a bit of a fucking idiot, but anyway. Um, yeah, I don't know. Vanilla Ice is actually pretty funny. He can be. He can be. Have you? Can I ask him something? I I actually. Okay, so I know not everyone likes Adam Sandler movies, right? Mm. But you know, Adam Sandler did that movie, uh, Ridiculous Six. I've not seen have it, but seen I, that? I, I know oh. the movie. Yeah. Actually, I actually cannot be honest. With you, I found it kind of funny. Um, like one of the running jokes was um so all six of them are, are half brothers right right who they kind of meet for the first time they all have the same father mm. and it's just so funny because one of them is black it's terry cruz mm-hmm. and but it's almost like he doesn't know or see himself as black mm-hmm. you know what i mean which is right anyway uh and in that uh vanilla ice plays um uh, uh mark twain right and he really? is hilarious i'm not joking he is Funny, he steals. He steals that movie. Mm. Vanilla Ice as Mark Twain. Just he steals that movie in 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 the one scene that he has. Wow. Okay. He's hilarious. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. That's interesting. I, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have picked that in a million years. You know. Yeah. Because you, you think of young Vanilla Ice and you did that one terrible movie and from you know Ninja Turtles, go Ninja, go Ninja, go, go Ninja. all that sort of shit. But I think he, I think he's become a bit of a comedy actor in his in his later life, and he's actually pretty funny. Okay, cool. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Now, there's some um, shocking news. <gasps> Doctor Who, which we which we love, is um, going to iPlayer, uh, and get this. The BBC couldn't cut the deal with the owner of Doctor Who, The Unearthly Child, which was the the son of the guy who wrote The Unearthly Child, the first Doctor Who story of all time. Um, they couldn't mm. cut a deal, so that 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 story is missing, which is just pathetic, right, to me. The, the BBC, the guy was like, they offered him an absolute pittance for the rights, and he was just like, no, nah, go away, you know? And it's Fair just, enough. I just think it's just shockingly bad. Like, I, I really, I, I just think it's, it's, it's sad to me 
that the, the, they just can't cut cut this deal. You know, like well, every every let's be honest, every every company is going to try and try and lowball you. So, but I'm glad that he's he's he basically stuck, saying, now nah, you just, want it, you got to come to the table and pay the money. Yeah, he just stuck to his guns. Um, yeah. and ironically, the episodes are currently available on BritBox and ITVX. Um, so yeah, it's it's nuts. Now, something we've mentioned on the show many times is the JFK assassination. We've all got our theories. Um, Not we have mentioned. You have mentioned. I've mentioned it many times. Barry Levinson is now directing David Mamet's JFK assassination movie. The drama has Al Pacino, Shia LaBeouf, Courtney Love, and John Travolta attached. So JT's attached. Would JT be playing Kennedy? Who's playing Kennedy? Probably. I don't know. Probably. But, uh, my, my question is: Do we really need another JFK movie? I do. I, do. I hope really. This one. I hope this one gets to like, the There's actual... no new information or anything. I don't understand why we need to go through it again. Let's go watch one of the other JFK movies. Well, they're trying to pin the actual killer now, man. Is it, was it, yeah, but, was it a but CIA there's no plant? new information. It's just their, their speculation or whatever. Was it a CIA plant? Was it a CIA plant, Oswald? Uh, it's probably me? some sort of inside job, let's be honest. Was it a mafia thing? I think it was a mafia thing. Um, that's That's the consensus in general, that it was a mafia hit. You know, because I mean, you, that's the consensus. I don't know if I, I buy into that, but well, where are you? What do you buy into? Um, Come on. I mean, I still think it could be some sort of government thing, even something um, done because of the Colombian shit and all that sort of stuff. Sure, Cuban, Cuban missile crisis. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, Cuban, not Colombian. Idiot. Okay, uh, well, yeah, all that sort of yeah. Cuban stuff and all that, you know. Maybe they could explore that in the film. Again, they can explore it, but all I'm saying is that there's no actual new factual I've information. I've got a lot of new theories on it, man. I've got a lot of theories on it, man. Oh, Jesus Christ. Dave, <laughs> listen to me. I'm not talking about theories and speculations. I'm oh. talking about actual new information. Well, maybe Barry Levinson and David Mitt have got something. We don't know. Maybe they've got some sources. They've man. got a theory. Yes, I agree with you, Dave. They have a theory, but there's no new information. I just want to know who Travolta's playing. Is Travolta playing Kennedy? Because he must be. Who else in that No, class? he's too old to be playing Kennedy, man. Have you seen John Travolta? He's well, bald who, now. Come who the on. fuck's he playing? Like Kennedy with a hairpiece on? You know, he I, could no, wear I think he's too old to be playing Kennedy. Is John Travolta Kennedy? Please not Shia LaBeouf playing Kennedy. Or could be Shia LaBeouf. There's no way. Um, nah, could be Shia LaBeouf. There's... Shia LaBeouf's now, what, 40? Yeah. Late 30s? I think it's Shia LaBeouf. The movie will assume... The mob alone had JFK murdered, even though everyone who can read should be fairly confident the CIA probably had a lot to do with it. This is a weird article that's just super, like, um, skewed. I don't know, man. Uh, who else? Uh, Viggo Mortensen's also involved. Um, so there's a, it's an all-star cast, man. Rebecca Pidgeton. Oh, my God, Viggo Mortensen. Jesus Christ, I've not seen him in a movie in a long time. Well, you're going to see him in this, man. Oh, God, what's the last movie? I think I saw him in Hidalgo. <laughs> Joe Rogan apparently is really fascinated to know who did it, you know? Um, there's there's, there's just – it could be Viggo Mortensen, actually. I, I bet you it is. Yeah. I bet well, you I'll be honest with you. I, I guarantee you this is going to be one of those things we will never know. No, we'll, we'll know who plays JFK. No, man, I'm talking about who the, who the killer, who, who killed him. I feel like I do know. Well, we like I think Oswald did it, but he was a plant. No, no, no. But my point is, we will never ever know for sure. For for like factual, this is going to be one of those things where any evidence has been destroyed. Mm. 
and and we will never like we will never ever know for sure like mm. we'll have theories we'll have speculations we'll we'll have hypotheses but we will never ever be able to say for sure this is how I wonder it went if um way. actually I just thought of this I wonder if Sinatra will be in the movie because Sinatra was such a pal of JFK's actually yeah wow maybe that's who John Travolta's playing Sinatra hmm interesting interesting uh, option. For a second, I was thinking Sinatra himself would play it, but I'm like, he's dead. Jesus, Dave. No, I was, I was actually... Sometimes, sometimes your brain, like, <laughs> takes a while to, like... No, I was just, like, thinking Sinatra would be perfect for this role, you know, because... And he... then your brain was like, hang on a second, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> well, at first, my first thought was, oh, he'll be too old. Then I was like, and also dead. Um, could we get... You got, the, you got to in the end, at least. Could we get? I'm going to say right now. Could we get the um, AI, the deep fakes, in to get Sinatra and Dino in there? You know, why are you so obsessed with these deep fakes? Because I prefer them to fucking idiots playing Sinatra and Dean Martin. At least if so they were. So you would prefer a janky? No, I, I want it to be robot <laughs> like delivery of a line than an actor. Okay. Well, I, I don't think, like, in all honesty, I'm going to make a comment now that you're going to laugh at, but I don't think anyone can play Sinatra as well as Sinatra. I just don't think it's possible. Same with Dean Martin. But if you if the computer program, can I, I think it's it possible, but I don't think anyone currently can do it. Like, oh. I think they may have to go and find someone like a, who does like, like imitator. Um, oh my god. There was a guy. Now, didn't look. I'll tell you this. Did not look anything like Sinatra, right? But mm. do you remember the? Um, oh, you remember like America's Got Talent, right? Yeah, yeah. There was this guy, this Italian guy, right? Like twenty something, bit of a big guy. He went on there and he basically did like Dean Martin, Frank Sinatra songs and all that. Awesome. But not just sang it. Whenever he talked to the judges, yeah, it was like watching them. Yeah. It was like he, even though he was only twenty, yeah. Yeah. No, it like would not have been raised in that time. As he said, his grandmother like always had Dean Martin on, always had Good. you know Sinatra on all the movies. He just absorbed that all that he actually in real life mm. that's how he spoke. Like he right. was bravado, confidence, he was even hitting on like Heidi Clue, you know what I mean? Like awesome. he's like, hey, baby, like and I was like, Jesus Christ, like this, like that's the sort of person that you get to play yeah, Frank yeah. Sinatra because yeah. he's not playing Frank Sinatra, but he, he has that same yeah. gumption. He's that's got that same need. that's all we that need. energy. But that's what I'm saying. But then you gotta think outside the box. Don't go for like a big name actor. No. You've got to find someone like the singer yeah. who can uh, embody them. And go like, geez, yeah, that guy's got that, uh, you know, uh, what they call it, chutzpah or whatever. Like, and he's got that. The thing is, this movie isn't about Sinatra or Dean Martin, so their roles exactly. Would, so they don't have to be in on that long. Yeah, yeah, boom, boom, in and out. In fact, I hate to say it, I hate to say it. You could probably Dino may have to miss out. It might just be Sinatra because he was like Kennedy's best friend. You know? No, oh, probably. Yeah. Oh, gee, though, I, I, I mean, in my mind. While they're there, Sinatra and Dino and bring Sammy in and they start cutting it up in a room. You know what I mean? But like probably taking away from the gravity of the film. If if Sinatra's yeah. just like, let's get a yeah, tune you need on. To, you need to, you need to uh, rein your, uh, <laughs> your imagination in there, Dave, because you, you're, just, you're running away with it again. <laughs> I'm suddenly trying to, someone gets a piano and, and Dino starts doing Ain't Love a Kick in the Head and stuff. And everyone's like, I thought we came here for um, fucking Kennedy. JFK. Yeah. I thought we came for the assassination. <laughs> Dave's got his own. And now it's the Rat Pack. Why am I watching the Rat Pack all of a sudden? 
I'd love to see it. Um, no, no, I think there's definitely a role for Sinatra, and I think I would probably uh, like. I would prefer they went with the deep fake because I think you could do it if you spend enough money. But other than that, I agree. You get someone who's playing the clubs, you know, like Vegas, a Sinatra impersonator from Vegas. You mm. get them. Why not? Like, why the fuck not? You know. Um, I also think Travolta might bring something to the role if he did play Sinatra. You know. Well, that's what I said. I mean, he's got that, you know, you know, um, that grease light. You know what I mean? If he can tap into that sort of mm. grease kind of thing. Again, it, 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 he's not the main focus of the movie, so no, it doesn't not. have to be like, um, you know, you just have to, you just have to, as I said, embody it. You just have to um, yeah. have that energy you and then you're good. You, you wouldn't know he's not the main focus for my analysis. <laughs> No, well, well, that's it. Like, you know, that's, w- that's just you, though. I wonder who's going to play Jackie O. Um, yeah, good question. Mm. Jackie mm. Kennedy. Who's we'll find gonna, out. Who's going to play Jackie Kennedy? I mean, Stay on top of this, Dave. I am on top of it. I'm living for it, man. I'm living for it, dude. I'm I'm on it all day, fucking long now. Like this is this is it from now on for me. So um, you got you got two weeks before the next show. I expect some answers by then. What a, it was such a shame. I was thinking, Sinatra would be perfect for this role. Like, this is he's born for this, <laughs> literally. And then I was like, then I thought, oh, he's probably old, like in his 80s. And I was like, oh, well, slow down, Dave. He died back in 98. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, well, 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 well done, Dave. Thank you. Um, I, I discovered a news item uh, today. I was listening to Word Balloon, and they had a, um, it was from a few years ago when Daniel O'Neill was still alive. They had a whole bunch of, Batman creators, it was, uh, God, who was it? It was Denny O'Neill, Mike Barr, who wrote Batman and the Outsiders, uh, Tom, whatever his name is, who does um, Tom Seeley, uh, and uh, Tomasi, I think that was, and Jim Stalin. So they were all there. It was supposedly a Robin panel, but it also covered a lot of Batman stuff. It's a really good panel. Um, but anyway, apparently... Um, I think it was Denny was saying that in the 80s, he wanted to give Robin AIDS. <laughs> and that was the storyline. I think it was him. If it wasn't him, it was Stalin. But one of them wanted to give Robin AIDS. And I think it was Denny and was eventually told, no, you can't do it. And they were going to give Jimmy Olsen AIDS. And it was only the fact that the actor who played Jimmy Olsen in the... In the um, Christopher Reeve movies, whoever that person was, was gay, and they didn't want to sort of play into that, you know, trope, and that's that's why they didn't give Jimmy Olsen AIDS. And before that, it was Denny wanted it to be Robin who had AIDS. Um, but yeah, and then ended up being uh, Green Arrow's new sidekick years later. Yeah, but like this was, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, that you, that's very true. Actually, it was Green Arrow's sidekick in the. Eventually, so one of the sidekicks got AIDS. <laughs> Did she die of it, or or? No, I think she was still around. Okay, she but was then had, had fifty-two came in and, and and wiped her off the the map. So did it wipe her AIDS away as well? <laughs> well, well, wiped her away, like, it's like snapped her away. It's like there's no cure for AIDS apart from new fifty-two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's the cure for AIDS, just a reboot. Just a reboot it away. Um, was that sp- that was the female Speedy, wasn't it? Mia, was it Mia? Yeah. Mia, all right. Yeah, she's like what she was one of your favorite characters. I, I like ex prostitute. I love her. I AIDS, love her. everything. You loved her, man. You I were do like, love I'm her. So in love with this chick and her AIDS. No, I excuse me. I do love <laughs> Mia. And I and I was very upset. Um <laughs> she was emotionally charged, Richard. 
and I'm attracted to emotionally charged characters. Um, Apparently, you're also just attracted to sex workers. Well, that goes without saying, Richard. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now, there's a news item here. I don't know if you've put it in. It's something about Jerry Siegel. Um, and no. can, can I can I say? I think this is Michael Kellishim. Um, I will go to my grave saying that DC screwed Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster really hard, and it was only Neil Adams that forced them to create a pension. So I'm not going to contribute to anything uh, against that. Um, Jerry Siegel was fucked over by DC um, for years and years and years, to the point where one of them, at least, I'm not sure if it was Siegel or Schuster, one of them had a job as like a delivery guy, and he was told by the president of DC... He couldn't do that here. Not that he, not that they would give him money, but he just couldn't come to the offices and deliver stuff because it seemed unbecoming, you know. So they fucked them over really hard, and uh, it still annoys me and frustrates me. Um, now on to happier news: um, a, a game is coming back out, Richard, which was my literal teenage years. It's called well, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles role playing game. It's called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness, and it was a role-playing game by Palladium, I believe, um, based off the Turtles comics, the original comics, and, you know, mutants and stuff like that. Dude, this game was so crucial to my creativity and my formation of my stories and stuff. This was a great role-playing game. Basically, if you play D&D, this was, this was like the next level. Uh, they're doing a remastered version with extra content and, you know, basically, um, what do you say, like, um, you know, updated tables and stuff. Did you ever play this game, Rich, this role-playing game? Mm. No, 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 not a Ninja Turtles one, no. Oh, dude, it was fantastic. Like, I um, I will be, it's a Kickstarter. Um, Kevin Eastman was, um, uh, what do you say, promoting it. I will 100%. I, and I've still got the... Dude, the PDF is on my iPad. <clears throat> I don't travel anywhere without it, man. Seriously. Um, this game was incredibly good. Like, so basically, just to give you the pitch, um, you know, like in D&D, you create a character. You know, you're, you're a fighter, you're a monk, whatever. In this, you take an animal. So the, the book had all these animals. They're basically mostly North American animals. Like, um, mine was an armadillo. And you had points to spend and you converted the animal like all the way and you 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 had these points to spend on new mutations so you could like the turtles you know they're kind of a blend of the two so it was all riffing on that so you could be more bestial um you could have paws or proper fingers and you, you had certain abilities like my, my armadillo had like an armor shell and stuff like that like you could build your character from the animal and then also you were picking professions and, like, were you a ninja? Were you a weapon specialist? My guy was an assassin dude. He wore a bandana. His name was Stryker. He was just a cold-blooded assassin. He was ripped right out of Joe Pineapples from ABC Warriors. Um, oh, yeah. oh, dude. It, like, literally, this was like Joe Pineapples but an armadillo, my guy. Um, <laughs> just a cold-blooded killer, man. Like, this guy was, like, I mean, yeah, technically good, I guess. But really, mostly in it just for killing and assassinations. Like he, he was a hitman, you know. And oh my god, I love this character, dude. Like I used to literally just even remembering it now, I would spend hours writing up stories for my character. You know what I mean? Like so much backstory, adventures. Like I, I put him in my um, Magnum PI. Um, 
you know, scripts that I was writing. I would I'd insert my character mm. all the time and stuff, like a hitman guy coming in. You know, this game was everything to me. It was probably D and D was obviously number one, and Oriental Adventures was was pretty big for me. But this game was right beside it, and I could not get enough of this game. I wanted to play it all the time. Like other guys wanted to move on and play different games. I was like, no more TMNT. Come on. You know. uh, well, the, well, the thing that I got obsessed with, which drove my um, my family nuts, was uh, you remember Choose Your Own Adventure books? Oh, yeah. I was so... I loved those things so much, I started writing my own ones, Love and it. I would force my family to play them. <laughs> to read them and play them and all that, and they used to get the shit to me. But I was so... I was blown away by those Choose Your Own Adventure books. Oh, cool. Like that's, I, I collected so many of them back in the day in South Africa because I was like... That was like I almost look at it. That was my first video games. Yeah, yeah, they were cool. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they were great. And what a shame that they don't really exist anymore. Yeah, no, they were excellent. Did you, did you ever? I had a lot of them as well. Um, did you ever play? Ever have Sabotage? That was one. I, that was my favorite one. It was like a war one. You were you were a um like a sort of SAS soldier sort of thing. Um, no, I I got more of the fantasy stuff, like the Shadowrun stuff and all that. I think I think I still got one or two of the Shadowrun. I think That's one cool. of them survived the trip. Um, That's cool. Yeah, yeah they, were, they were very cool, man, the Choose Your Own Adventure. They were so big oh, but there were well. so many. There were so many, I don't even remember all of them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there were so many that I'm like, oh, I, I know there was a lot, and I don't even remember what they were. Dude, I remember when I was at school, like, that was one of the biggest book series, you know, around. Like, that was just, that was such such a popular sort of book series, you know? Like, mm. it just felt like everyone could kind of... um you know, uh, enjoy it sort of thing. It was it was great, man. Choose your own adventure. Wow. What a, what also, a, a great way to get, a great way to get uh, uh, especially someone like me, to read. Sure. You know, because um, it's, it's interactive. Mm. You know, because I'll be honest with you, I wasn't, I wasn't a big reader growing up. Mm. And, um, I mean, I read, like, comics, as I said, um, and stuff, but it was only when I started reading the Choose Your Own Adventures, which then led me to Lord of the Rings. Mm. Um, because then, because I would go to the library and then I saw these Lord of the Rings, which then led to, um, the books of Shannara, mm. you know, which then led to, uh, uh Dragonlance and yeah, it was really those Choose Your Own Adventure books that actually got me into actually like reading and using my actual like imagination with just words on the paper. It was great, man. Um, they sold over 250 billion copies. Um, apparently, of Choose Your Own Adventure books. So there nice. you go. Yes, but it was, it was, it was, they were awesome. Um, just the last news item, you know the chick from um, Stranger Things, Millie Bobby Brown? She said, Stranger Things is, this is a quote, preventing me from creating stories I'm passionate about. Jesus. Like, talk about... What? what? Yeah, she's... So, hang on, I need, to, I need to read it. Millie Bobby Brown's from Stranger Things. Stranger Things is preventing me from creating stories I'm passionate about. Yeah. She's how is it? How is Stranger Things doing that? Apparently, it's eating up too much of her time. She says she's got so much more to offer, Rich. You know, so she so she is so busy she cannot sit for for <laughs> half an hour, an hour, and and bung out like a page or something no, and get can't. some thoughts down. No, wow, she can't. She's must be twenty. Busy. It must be twenty four seven on that set. <laughs> Which is ironic because it doesn't feel like there's been that many episodes. You know, no. like no. you know, like. She's not exactly pumping out, um, you know, twenty six 
um, episodes a season kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not like they've done, what, 120 episodes. No. She's, um, yeah, it's pretty funny. Um, but, like, she's saying stuff like, let's get out of here. She's just ready to move on. She's only 19. She's only young, you know? Um, she said, when you're ready, you're like, all right, let's do it. Let's tackle this last senior year. Let's get out of here. Um, so she's she, yeah. she's ready to move on, man. You know. Well, I think the show's ready for it to move on because again, she's getting old. <laughs> no, I mean to play that character, like, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, you, uh, the, the, well, that's the problem with live action, isn't it? You, you, there's there's a limit. There's a set. Like the the great thing about animation. I mean, look at the Simpsons. For God's sake, the Simpsons have been around for what thirty years or something like that. Yeah, something yeah, stupid yeah. Like that. Yeah, like. But it doesn't matter because it's animation. But yeah, a show like this, yeah, look, you Benny, I've been saying nicely too because I'm not saying like her, her career is going to be over tomorrow. But like, slow down a little bit because you don't, as an actor, yeah. you don't know what's coming around the corner tomorrow. No. You know what I mean? You don't know if you're going to get another big hit or yeah. a big movie. I mean, I know that she played Enola Holmes, but let's be honest, no one's fucking, you she's know what I mean? Doing, no, she's no, doing no, one no, more. No one's running around. Um, hmm. a, uh, carrying on like in Ola Holmes is the next stranger thing. So, you know, be, you know, enjoy enjoy this fame and being the center light because it might yeah. not be there tomorrow. Oh yeah. Well history's littered with um history's littered with child stars who fail into adulthood. Um, you know, but she she's a reasonably good actress, so I would I would hope that she's got a career ahead of her, you know. Yeah, but uh, hey, a lot of good actors just don't get that 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 second bite at the apple, right? Like sure. a lot of good actors from a very successful show. Sure. When that show ends, or you know, or, or gets cancelled, whatever. Yeah. They don't always buy, come back with another good not, show. Not, or, every, not or, everyone's Edward Woodward from Callan who went on to Equalizer. That's what you're trying to say, isn't it, Rich? You know. Yeah, look, I mean, again, there is some actors who have done that, of course. Um, but that's rare. Is my point. So. You might be good. You may be very talented. Doesn't mean you're lucky. Also, <laughs> also this as well. Let's take the Fonz, Henry Winkler. Yes, he's had a long career, but has he ever been as popular as when he was the no, Fonz? He no. has never had that thing like the Fonz. Yeah. Where now, he was like the most popular he's, person. He's had a career and he's done, mm. re- he's done well, but he'll never be ever as pistol white hot as he was as the Fonz. So, yeah. I mean, he became the main character of the show, for God's sakes. Yeah. Like, he was so popular that they literally made him the main character. Yeah. He was great. So, yeah. Well, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, some people get lucky and they get the second bite of the apple. Some don't, no matter how talented they are. So, I, I, I don't know. I just maybe don't bitch and moan until the end of your career, maybe. She's 19, man. You know what I mean? And by the way, that show is coming to an end. You'll have plenty of time to work on the shit that you feel creative about. You're young. You've got plenty of time. Exactly. Well, what she got cooking as well, you know, really. Like, she's busy. Well, again, it didn't stop her from doing that in Ola Holmes. So, I mean, I'm, if you can find time to do Enola Holmes, <laughs> well, so I don't understand how you can't have time to be creative and, and, and work on shit. I, she's I talking, yeah, who knows? But uh, yeah, a lot of TV actors talk about their schedules and they can't do movies, but she's not doing that many episodes. But she's not, she's not TV. Like, she's yeah. streaming. Yeah, she does. How many episodes is in a season of Stranger Things? I don't know, eight to ten, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's not twenty six, twenty five, yeah. like what it is 
on normal TV, which is why they take a whole year to film she, that. She's much. not James Garner doing the Rockford Files in the late 70s, yeah. doing 26 yeah. episodes a season kind of thing. I mean, I mean, if you do 26 episodes, right, that's literally half the year. Yeah. So, you know, and then there's breaks in between. and you, So, I mean, let's be honest. For Let's let's just say probably eight months of the year mm. you're working on, on that season and you maybe get four months off. Yeah. You know, because you, you've got pre-production and and then what, and any delays and all this sort of shit. So let's just say eight months. I think eight months you're working on a TV show. I don't think you're working that long on a streaming show. I don't no. say nasty. Like, I don't think you're doing eight months. Maybe, maybe, eight months. maybe five to six at the most. At but, the mo- at the, but also, haven't there been years when there's no Stranger Things? I'm sure there have been. I'm sure. Well, yeah, I think there was. Well, that was because of COVID and all that, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, well. I, also, do people care as much about Stranger Things as they used to? Not as much, no. Although, no. can I be honest with you? I was in Coles the other day. Mm. There's Stranger Things food in there. Yeah. There's like Stranger Things hot wings and. Well, it's because the, it's it's the last, season, the last season's sort of coming out. The last season's coming out, so they're pushing it. You know? yeah. But you know what's even crazier than that? I was in Woolies the other day and I saw a Mr. Beast um, bar, like, a, um, I don't know if it was an energy bar or a mm. oat bar or something like that. A Mr. Beast bar in an Australian shop. I'm flabbergasted. Isn't he some YouTuber? Is that right? Yeah, he's one of like the. I don't know, he's like one of the most. Famous, I've literally never watched him in my life, but like, yeah, neither have I, but I know of the guy, yeah. And I'm just shocked that I walk into an Australian supermarket and they, you know, they're Mr. Worldwide, or something. I'm like, Worldwide, like, he's Mr. Worldwide, he's fucking everywhere. These kids probably love him, you know. Yeah, but again, I, when I think of Mr. YouTube, I don't think of a candy bar. I'm sorry, I just just don't, I don't make that correlation, yeah. But they put their name on anything, man, like, they'll license to fucking anything. I would too. I'll I, be honest with you. I know people love the guy and he does so much good humanitarian stuff and all that. Cool. I, there's something about him I just don't trust. I, I don't even know who he is. I just know the name. What does he do? He does YouTube and he does a lot of... Look, I know he does a lot of good things with his money and all that. You know, like, you know, he, like he does very charitable things. But there's just a part of me that just doesn't trust him with all that stuff. Like, Look I think it's all ulterior stuff and all that. Well, he's out to make a buck, man. Jesus Christ. Is this the guy? He looks as cheesy as No, 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 no. I don't mind people doing stuff, you know, uh, not out of the goodness of their heart, but there's just something about him that I don't trust. As don't in, trust yeah. There's an angle that I'm, I'm weary of that, that no one knows about. I could be completely wrong. It's just the like feeling it. I have. I like it, Rich. I mean, I, I, I don't even know who he is, so whatever. Um, my goal is to feed hundreds of millions of people. Okay, whatever. Close closing this because I'm already rolling my eyes. I, I I fucking hate this like shit where they just need to. It's it's the Bono from you too. I'm gonna say. Well, as I say, if you if you have to advertise and film yourself doing charity, is it real charity? No, it's not. No, it's not. It's it's performative, is what it is. Also, the guy's worth half a billion dollars, so he can fuck off. It's, it's like those people that film themselves uh, approaching, you know, a homeless person on the street and. Give them like shoes and pants and like, and I'm like, okay, cool. I I get what you're doing is good, mm. but at the same time, you're also filming yourself. Like, sure. yeah, yeah. So it's, it's bullshit, you know. man. It's bullshit, dude. Like, and it's just that aspect. I understand that. Yes, all those people are grateful that he did it. I get it. I'm not saying that he shouldn't do it. Mm. I'm just saying people that film themselves doing this sort of stuff. Yeah, it's, just, it's like it's something those guys... that, uh, that puts me off. It's like those guys, it was recently, some YouTuber, I, I have no idea who, went up to someone, 
some lady who was like sitting by herself who looked kind of grumpy and they gave her this massive stack of roses or flowers or something and were like, we just want to brighten your day. Or they pay for people's groceries. And often you'll hear that like that racks up tons and tons of views and the people they've done it for are like, I was really annoyed. Like they really intruded on my personal space. They made me seem like a victim you know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it's like all for their own betterment, like, too. Like, the people they've done this, like, it's like you go up. If someone, I don't well, know, like, it's just. Well, okay, okay. You film yourself doing something charitable, right? And let's say that charity costs you 200 bucks. Yeah. But that video goes viral on YouTube or whatever, mm. and you made $1,000 from yeah. views. I agree. You've made a profit. So it's a, so, so it's, it's a business. It's, it's not charity. It's, you, it's 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 literally a business. It's the charity business, isn't it? And you're making all the money. Yeah. You're making all the fucking money. I don't trust this Mr. Yeah, yeah. Beast. It's just, it's just something that just makes it I feel don't trust dirty. This Mr. Beast. I, from, I don't like from it. the picture I saw of this Mr. Beast guy, I, I my my stomach turned. I, I saw a smiling fucking guy. I don't I don't like what I saw. I don't know who he is. I've never heard of. I, I've heard the name. I don't even like the name. I think the name's stupid. Um. And yeah, no thanks, no thank you. Wouldn't be buying a chocolate bar. There should be Signal of Doom chocolate bars out there. At least people know what they're getting with me. Let's work on it, man. Come on, let's let's hit up Coles and Woolies. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, Weekly Comics, Rich. Woo! Um, first one up, we did a Keith Giffen um, specialized uh, selection. Ambush Bug, nothing special. One, I fuck me, I struggled with this comic. I, I I'll be honest with you, I've wow. always struggled with Ambush Bug. Oh my lord. Uh, I don't think I've ever read Ambush Bug before. I don't know what I was expecting, but this was a a long comic as well. Like, you know what this was? I, I, I at the beginning I was enjoying it, but it just went on for too long. It went on fifty seven pages. There was no need for this to be so long. It was like a joke that just wouldn't stop. Um, yeah, I I must admit this was not my favorite um, story of all time. I have to be honest. No, I, I agree with you. It started off pretty funny, but this is my issue with this kind of comedy mm. and why I always ap ap appreciate it in smaller doses. Yeah. You can only bounce me around from one funny scene to another for so long before I start getting, okay, I'm getting bored now. Like, oh, I'm getting, yeah. I'm starting to lose focus. Yeah. And. I just don't want to keep because you know what I mean. Because one, as you said, it goes on fifteen pages. So something starts off funny, but then it just as it goes, you just go, okay, it's really milking it now. Oh yeah, we're just bouncing, we're bouncing all over the place now. It's it's bing bong bong here and funny, funny, funny. And I'm like, okay, now I'm I'm done. I'm drained. I literally feel tired. Yeah. No, <laughs> this was a this was a struggle to get through. Um, there should have been 26 pages. Like, this I, should have I, been I, like did like, I did like bits of it. I, I, like, I didn't hate it overall. Like, I'd give it a 6 out of 10. And I think it, it's kind of like heart was in the right place. It was just overly long. And it got more and more nonsensical as it went on, you know? Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Um, Especially when they started doing the Julie Schwartz stuff. See, I enjoyed the Julie Schwartz stuff, actually. No, it started funny, but then it just kept going and going. I, you know, the one part I really thought was good was with a part where he was going into the future and Julie Schwartz was still there. And then there was one where Julie Schwartz had like a fucking gimp mask on. <laughs> yeah. But then, but then they kept going. Yeah. And then, and then, and then I'm like, okay, like, and that's why I say, like, I don't know. It's, it's, look, it is subjective. That's the thing about comedy is very subjective. I started off enjoying this, but yeah, halfway through, I was like, "Jesus Christ, I'm kind of done." Like, yeah. I'm, I just don't. I just want this to be done. What would you give it out of ten? Because I'd give it six. 
Uh, uh, yeah, I'm 5.5. Okay. I have a question for you. Ambush Bug. Is he actually a character in DC? Or is he like a... He's like an even weirder version of Deadpool in like his, his fourth wall breaking? Like, well, he actually... He obviously predates... Um, yes. Deadpool. Um, uh, a Deadpool. I believe he's a... I believe he's a guy in a in a suit. Oh, really? I didn't. Uh, and I believe like the suit is like it's it has powers and it's warped him, or or something like that. But if I remember correctly, I'm pretty sure he's supposed to be a guy in a in this in this weird bug suit. It says here. I didn't realize that. Despite all of this, ambush bug is simply a skinny man in the costume and can be defeated yeah. with surprising <laughs> ease by more ridiculous characters, serious foes. Like Batman or Superman have great difficulty dealing with him, but other lunatics can deal with him easily. That's interesting. I didn't realize that. I thought he was an alien or something. No, it's well, it's very convoluted, man. <laughs> yeah, it's very it's very very convoluted. It's a okay. weird, um, it's a weird thing. It's just basically it's a guy who's literally lost his mind, right. and he wears the bug suit. And if, at some point, I think the suit got powers because he right. could pop. He could like teleport. Yeah, he could teleport. Where, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That pop noise comes from, but that came from the suit and all that sort of stuff. It's it's just it's really weird. It's a weird character. It is a weird character. I, I find it interesting. I find it fun. Apparently he first appeared uh created by artist Keith Giffen as an intentionally silly character. He first appeared in DC Comics Presents fifty two in nineteen eighty two. Isn't that funny that it was fifty two? Isn't that funny? <laughs> That's actually funny. Um yeah. Paul Kupperberg, who wrote Ambush Bug's first story, recalled, as Keith was in the office, he sat in on the plotting and offered up Ambush Bug as an antagonist. The bug is entirely Keith's creation. Uh, Giffen said the original pitch, um, he stated both Ambush Bug and Lobo were derived from Lunatic, a character he created in high school. Giffen said his original pitch was Bugs Bunny as a supervillain. Interesting. That's interesting. Yeah, again, he's, he's a funny character, but for me, in moderation. It's also why I, I'm, I like Deadpool, but also in moderation, because sure. yeah. when you have a silly, zany character who's constantly, like, yeah. it's one line after one line, or it's joke after joke, you know what I mean? Like, there's mm. no room to breathe. That, I, I honestly, it drains me. It I, the more, because even comedies aren't funny all the time. Do you know what I mean? Like a comedy, you need you need uh, to breathe in between the jokes. Definitely, yeah. Right. So most comedy movies or whatever is, you know, th- there's some normal talk or some serious talk, and then you and then it's punctuated by a joke or something like that. But it's not just like one line after one line after one liner, which this was. This is definitely like oh, yeah. every page was like a joke. Um, but again, I can enjoy it in moderation. It's why I, I enjoy him when he pops up every now and again. In, in a book or a special or something, but uh, yeah, an entire fifty-seven page. Oh yeah, <laughs> book just him. I'm I do struggle. I'm sorry, like that's just that's that's even fair. a struggle for but me. But I'm glad I'm glad we picked it though, because you know, like we're we're sort of celebrating Keith Giffen here, and then we did Legion of Superheroes two nine seven. This is a fun one. I've read this before. This is a Cosmic mm. Boy. See, this is really, I think, when Legion is really cooking. You know, this is um, proper legion, bro. Proper yeah, legion. Adam, the computer, who I do legion outposts with, um, he's a huge Cosmic Boy fan, and 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 I asked him. I said, "Give me, what you know, give me a, a Keith Given Legion story 
you know, to recommend. And, and I've read this before. I really like this issue, and I really love. Did he do the art? Who did the art? Because I love the artwork. Um, who's the artist? I, yeah, I he is. He's a pe- he's the penciler. Yeah. yeah, he's the penciler. So, um, yeah, Keith Giffen penciled this issue, and, and it was he, he Paul Levitz, I believe, was the writer, and I think plotted it with Keith. And yeah. um and then Keith's art. I see I think this artwork is just really nice and really cool story. And if you like Cosmic Boy, this is essential reading, would you agree? Yeah, because it's a um it's kind of like a recap in a story. Yeah. So there is actual story that's going on, but you also get in a bit of recap of what's the origin of Cosmic Boy. Um so it's done really well. Yeah, I love it. Um you see, I'd give this one a nine. I think this is if you and honestly, you're sleeping if you haven't read Levitt's and uh, Giffen's Legion. It's it's great shit. It's great stuff. We've done quite a lot of it on um on Legion Outpost. Um, well, as you should. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, we we pick from all over, man. You know, and um, but we've we've done quite a bit. Uh, right, can I, but can I just say something? I've actually, I personally think there's been up until fifty two. New 52. Yeah. I think there's always been good Legion stories. Oh, yes, I'd agree. Having done a lot of them for the show, there's yeah. a lot more good than bad. Yeah, uh, Legionnaires, when they, yeah. when they were called Legionnaires, I've, I've got a, a huge run of that. I, I really enjoyed that. Um, that's when I think Chris, uh, what's his name, Chris Spouse, yeah. was doing the art and all that. Um, yes, uh, the, the the Giffen and all that, that you know that was leading to the, um, the, the dark side. Oh, yeah. Um, stuff and all that fantastic uh i even enjoyed the um the one just before um uh, 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 uh supergirl and uh, the legion yeah Mark that was White. actually pretty good yeah um and then there was another one i think just before legion lost well. legion lost yeah legion lost like i'm sorry but there's just been so many there's actually been more good legion stuff than bad 100%. it's only recently that there's been bad since new oh, 52 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's been crap legion yeah, sadly, I agree with that. Um, sadly, too, because there's tons of good Legion pre different I mean, excuse me for yawning. I mean, the worst Legion that I've ever read was Bendis's. Um, I, I oh, found, God, yeah. I thought New 52 was like, mm, but Bendis is, is like, yeah, hold my beer. Yeah, Bendis is like, I, I've got you covered. Um, this is really going to suck, you know? Um, Don't worry, I'll make them. I'll make them remember yours fondly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll make you look good by comparison. Um, I'd give this this a nine out of ten. What are you thinking, Rich? Eight point five. Then we had one of my favourite ones. It's so silly. The Authority Lobo Jingle Hell. Um, I think, as someone who loves the Actually, Authority, you know what? No, hang on. Save this one till after Lobo uh, uh, Paramilitary Xmas. Okay. Well, Lobo Palamilitary Exus special is probably one of my all-time favourite Lobo stories. I think it's close to perfect. I I think, as a Lobo fan, I I actually... It's the one that I love probably the most out of any of the one-shots they did. Um, it's just so crazy. It's, it's Keith Githen and Alan Grant with Simon Bisley on art and... Give the pitch. Give this a synopsis. Uh, okay, well, um, I'm just trying to remember. Basically, the husband and uh, wife are arguing about, um, you know, what is it like to 
they want to kill the kids oh, or something? Look, forget about that. The bookend is just a, a couple who, who don't have Christmas present for their kids, and yeah. at the end of it, they end up killing their kids. Exactly. Yeah. Or something because they don't. But the story between that is they read in a book, which is yes. a story where the Easter Bunny, <laughs> a drunk Easter Bunny, hires Lobo to kill Santa Claus. <laughs> And the funny thing is, when he gets to the South Pole, mm. sorry, um, is it North Pole? North Pole, I think. North Pole, sorry. When he gets to the North Pole, um, it's actually like a factory, and like the, the elves are like working in a factory with like and, slaves. And Santa's like a mob boss. Yeah, yeah, he's just like sitting there with this like this gorilla bodyguard and all that sort of shit, and, and Lobo just basically goes in there and just fucking slaughters everyone. Like, yep. Completely fucks and the up. artwork and, in this is just fantastic by Simon Bisley. You know, it really oh, is. Yeah, it's yeah. just like, honestly, I I still think this is a high point of Lobo. I I really think this is this is what I can't believe they don't do. You know, Lobo as now. I I I don't understand why there's not a Lobo book out now. Too many people find it offensive. Oh, dude, it's so good, though. It's just so fucking funny, you know? Like, I love it so much. I, I really, I, I must admit, I honestly love this comic. I think it's 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 fucking sensational. And I and the artwork is great. The, just everything about, like, it's, it's like a perfect marriage of just everybody's on their A game, you know? Like, it's faultless to me. Um, there's no way in hell you could keep up this consistency forever. Alan Grant did really keep it up, but there's an insanity when Keith Giffen's involved and Simon Bisley on art duties. Um, my Lord, I would give any... Like, like Alan, I'm so sad Alan Grant and Keith have, have passed away because there should have been... I, I know Keith Giffen got very tired of Lobo, but I... I I sort of question why there's not a Lobo book out now. With I feel someone could do this, you know. Like I don't think it's so impossible to do, you know. Like what do you think? What what is it with Lobo, man? Why why is there not a Lobo now? Why is Lobo sort of so feels like a very background character now? Um, uh, probably because no one's talented enough to write him now. <laughs> like. I don't think anyone really. I mean, the, uh, DC was way more interested in doing Crush. Oh yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? That's what they want to write. They want to write a um, a, a kick-ass bad like a bitch female. I, I, I don't character. mind. I don't like, mind Crush either, though. Crush is pretty good too. But yeah, but my point is, that's the character they would prefer over Lobo. Right. They would prefer that that character take off mm. than than Lobo. Like. Wow. Um, yeah. And again, you have to be a good comedic writer, and, and writers that are barely good yeah. writers. It you, just feels you want like them to take on something like zany like this. And also, can I be honest with you? I think it's a British thing. Mm. Like, I just think if you look at most of these sort of stories, because mm. um, even Keith Giffen makes jokes in like the issues and all that, like he does in Ambushbug and all that. Uh, about the the British invasion, mm. you know what I mean? All these writers coming over here and 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 that and he's blaming it on that and all that. But those are all the guys that worked on 2018. Those are all the guys that you know uh, worked on heavy metal, all that sort of shit. Like 
that, that they've just got a very different way of looking at the world and being more um uh what's the word uh deconstructive but yeah. in a good way in a talented way in a a, 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 a capable way yeah whereas just the writers today just are not yeah oh well look keith was obviously insane and and brilliant and alan grant was also insane and brilliant in his own way in a different way and alan grant a consummate professional you know um would have loved to have got him on the show i did reach out to him i think he was in failing health i think he would pretty much retired um seemed like a super nice guy and he was just such an enormous talent and i would have loved to have been a fly on the wall of those two bouncing ideas around you know of even their process to even know what the process was you know what i mean like we hear a lot about mm. james dimatteis working with keith and and james always says it was like a tennis match they'd bounce stuff back and forth back and forth back and forth and like they didn't really care who came up with what it was just like keep the gag going you know and mm. i think it's brilliant like and i think imagine with alan and alan grant i mean had so many strings to his own bow you know he could play the gamut from wacky comedy to very serious and everywhere in between. Like, I've read tons of his work. Um, and then you've got Simon Bisley on art. It's like, it does it get any better, man? You know? Really. Mm. We had... Um, were you on the show when we had Val Semex? And yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had him on, and he did Lobo, and he was talking, telling a few stories and stuff, which was very interesting. He seemed like a very nice guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I just... I just I mean, I'm giving this a 10 out of 10. I, it's one of my favourite comics of Lobo. I, I, I love a lot of Lobo, but I, I actually think this might be his peak, this issue, you know? Um, Another 8.5 from me. 8.5. Where the fuck are you, is he losing a point and a half? That's what I'd like to know, Rich. Is this uh, purpose all over again? Because, again, <laughs> I, comedy drains me. Okay, okay. It is wacky as fuck. I agree with that. You know, well, again, yeah, Lobo like this is just, again, it's it's page after page after panel after panel. Like, it's as, and, and it scores higher than Ambush Bug because it's shorter than Ambush Bug. Sure. Um, uh, not by much, maybe about 10 pages, but I also, it's still I short also enough. Think, that, I also think, in my personal opinion, I feel this one's a lot better paced. You know? Yes, well, that's exactly right. At least it's a coherent mm. story, and if I take out the book-ended stuff with the parents, then it's even shorter. So <laughs> yeah. uh, I still enjoyed it, but again, I do... My brain tends to wander when it's just, like, constantly wacky. Yeah. Like, I, I just get, like, overloaded. My brain just goes, oh, God, like, uh, you know, another joke, another joke. But overall, I still enjoyed it. I thought it was hilarious, and especially a lot of the imagery. Again, um, <laughs> seeing the... The, the North Pole is more of a, 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 a sweatshop North Korean oh, it's hilarious. sort of uh, establishment, which was pretty funny and all that sort of stuff. So, um, and a drunk Easter Bunny, like a jealous Easter Bunny hiring Lobo to kill Santa Claus. That, that shit's funny to me. So, you know, I, I still enjoyed the concept and all that stuff. It's great. Not every joke landed for me, but overall, still enjoyable and funny. Yep. Then we had the Authority Lobo Jingle Hell. I, I now, was... the reason I said do this one second is because mm. they actually reference this book in that. Yes, they do. I am such a fan of the classic Authority, like, you know, the Ellis and Mark Miller um, mm. Authority. 
and I'm so familiar with it. And then teaming it up with the, it's the most wacky version of the authority ever. Like it's where Keith was obviously like, we are going to go right up to the line of what we can even do with these characters. Oh, Jesus, it's full on nudity and oh, it's hilarious. Like I, 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 I am stunned by what he got away with. But it's great. Uh, like, I actually think this is really a fun... I don't think I'd read this one, actually. I, I think I've never read it. Um, I was really entertained. And I think I've read the, the, the Christmas one, like, a lot, you know, because it's in every Lobo collection, you know. You know it's, a, it's a classic. I don't think I'd ever read this one. And I was, I was laughing out loud at some of the stuff and just the audacity... Of it all, I mean, it's wacky as fuck, but like good, like it's really, it's it's having a good time, and it's like a it's like a more adult, bawdier version of the Justice League. It's like you know when the, the Justice League, it's like imagine that, but everything's ramped up to like about a fifteen. Um, yeah, I I must admit, I really enjoyed this, and I know it's juvenile humor, like it's it's very basic humor, but I I found it very good. What do you think, Rich? Uh, it's very juvenile, but yeah. not necessarily in a bad way. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, it was funny to me that she finds the book, and the book is the Lobo uh, Palomar yes. Xmas. Where, um, he kills, and, and so now she thinks that Santa's dead. Yeah. Because uh, she read it in the comic, and now she wants the authority to kill Lobo. <laughs> but at the same time, Lobo is hired to kill the authority by these um, space tech worms. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the authority killed the their, their meat, their vessel, yeah. whatever yeah. the things bum they were in. Um, which I thought was like oh, that's a that's a good coincidence. That's a that's a lucky, yeah. it's a lucky happenstance. Uh, but then it turns out that actually, what's her name, Jenny? Is it Jenny? Yeah, Jenny the kid. Sparks? The kid. Yeah, yeah. Jenny actually created, um, which is kind of fucked up in a sense. Like he basically says, "Sweetheart, that's a comic. You created this reality when you read the comic, which means you actually killed Santa." <laughs> yeah. I was like, "Fuck, that. that's pretty fucking dark." And put that on like a, a, a three-year-old. Um, although she's not really three, she's kind of like the. Isn't she? She's supposed to be a. Uh, I, I think the it's, embodiment of of the of a, of a century or something or. Yeah, look, I, I'm, I'm struggling to recall it all, but like basically, she gets like reborn every. Yeah, the original Jenny Sparks like had that. died at the end of the last century, and I think she comes back as that kid. I I think that's essentially it. Yeah. Yeah, or something like that. Anyway, she's supposed almost like a Father Time kind of character, kind of yeah thing, or that like when we. But know, she uh, is actually but, a kid. Like she ages as the century goes on, so she yeah. she's restarted as a child, basically. Yeah. Mm. And anyway, then they end up just blackmailing Lobo into leaving them alone. I I got to be honest, I I loved it. I I really felt it was was it who was on art duties because it had a very distinctive art style. Um, I I mean I'd give this a nine out oh, of ten. Uh, have a look. Have a look at who, who who did the art of this one, Rich. I um. I definitely give. I'd give this a nine out of ten. I thought this was a lot better than what I was expecting. I, I must admit, I think I've read the very beginning of it, and I and I never finished it. And sitting down to read this, I really was like, "Oh, what what's this going to be like?" And I just thought it was actually hilarious. And again, Simon Simon Beasley. It is Simon Beasley. Okay. Now again, I don't understand why 
Lobo. Yeah, Simon, Simon Bisley odd, yeah. Okay. I don't understand why Lobo isn't more of a factor, you know? Um, in that, that's a that's a question for DC. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Honestly, I just don't think they know what to do with the character. That's the problem. Yeah, they have they have no idea. Yeah, they're clowns. They're clowns. Yeah, they uh, they just yeah they. Uh, I mean, uh, he's they just, know, he, listen, he, we know the character is popular. Yeah. But what do we do with it? Like, what what are we going to do? And I just don't think they know. Uh, actually, when I was talking to Chuck Dixon, um, he was saying that Lobo is kind of an outlier, like Punisher's an outlier at Marvel. He, he's an outlier at DC. And I was like, okay, but, like, you can be so satirical and it doesn't all need to be, like, so serious anyway. Like, why does it need to be sort of so serious? Like, why can't you have a satirical, over-the-top character, you know? Like, why not? Like, you, you build the story. Like, Alan Grant showed it could be done in an ongoing, and they had all these um, one-offs. You know, it's sort of like it's this bizarre character. It's almost cool that he's on the sideline, that he's on the periphery, because he gets away with all this shit. Um, the worst thing they ever did with Lobo, and it wasn't the writers, it was DC Editorial, was when they tried to make him young and sexy. And and you remember that? There was, like, they, they like... They like had the new version of Lobo. Do you remember that in New Fifty Two? It was like this. New- uh, what, where they wanted to make him back to what, the original Lobo, yes. Yeah, but like, but it was it was stupid. Like, it was like they tried to turn their back on like what how big and cool Lobo was, and it just didn't work. I mean, it was just a misstep. Like, but it's not like I, I know Lobo okay, okay, is. Well, no, okay, so well, okay. I agree with you that it's a misstep. But it's because I think they were like, hey, we don't really know what to do with the character. What if we try and make it um, like he originally was? So when originally Lobo came on the scene, he wasn't this fragged out, steroid, crazy motherfucker. He was just like this really quiet, Mm. dangerous bounty hunter do you know what i mean he was just this really fucking good at his job yeah. deadly motherfucker that you know um very um very man with no name kind of thing and all that right yeah and i think that again they just and this is what i said to you they just don't know what to do with that wacky zany lobo anymore you know what i mean but you, give um, him, you give him to a writer who is a comedic writer and just pair them with a good artist and let them go to town that's, that's that i agree but again at that point in new 52 um Maybe they just didn't feel like they had, yeah, the the talent, or they weren't, you know, getting them. Don't forget when the new Fifty Two started rolling in. That's kind of roughly when, you know, we're getting closer to twenty sixteen. All of a sudden, with they kicking out a lot of the talent and the artists and the writers who, sure. maybe you know, a bit more middle to right leaning, um, kind of stuff and all that. And I think they were just like, listen, maybe if we try and make him a bit more of a serious character like he used to be, um, uh, maybe someone can do something with it. Now, again, and that's the reasoning, but it's still wrong. Yeah. Um, because the character is no longer that character. Um, you know, we've had this discussion before. Um, Superman is not Superman from 1940. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. He, he's, he's changed, he's evolved, and he's become, <coughs> over the years, he's become what you, ex- you know what I mean? Uh, an amalgamation of truth, justice, American way, powers. It's now set. 
and you can't go back. Just like, as I said, Batman ran around with purple gloves and guns, bang, 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 shooting people because he was more shadow than Batman, but he changed and evolved. And because at that time when you create a character, you're still fleshing the character out. The character's still growing to be what he's meant to be. And Lobo grew to what he was meant to be, which was this, but they wanted to try and put that genie back in the box because they just didn't... I just think they didn't know what to do with the guy. Yeah. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. As you said, Marvel also struggles to know what to do with the Punisher. Oh, big time. Because yeah. the characters that don't fit in, you see, mm. like Punisher as a, as a vigilante running around with guns on the street, killing mobsters, doesn't really... The, the more you try and make... So the more you try and tell, like, um, superhero stories, right, where you've got Spider-Man who's going up against Galactus and all that sort of shit, then a character like Punisher sticks out. Yeah, straight, straight level. Right? And, and, and that's the same with Lobo. Because Lobo is so fringe, he's so out there, he's so mm. bizarre. Like It's like this 2080 character somehow got into the DC universe. Yeah. They just don't know what to do with them to make them gel. And I said to myself, they don't have to gel, you dickheads. Like, yeah, their yeah. shit doesn't have to be canon. That's the beauty of Lobo. Nothing in a Lobo book has to be canon. Yeah, totally. And also, I just feel like he's literally out in space doing crazy shit on, like, that space hog and stuff. Like, you, you, I don't know. I just feel like he doesn't need to have that much to do with the ins and outs of the time. He's only as serious as you want him to be kind of thing, you know? Mm. Um, I don't know. And I also feel like um, it was proven that he, he, he could sell copies and I don't know. I think Alan Grant did a really good job on it once he got the ongoing as well. I, I really think he did. Now, I assume the character's popularity spiked and then eventually maybe fizzled out or something by the the, the time, well, you know, in the 90s. Well, the funny thing is you could have actually for quite a while had a bit of fun with two Lobos. So when the yeah, New 52 came in, you you could have had the, okay, let's, let's have this Lobo who's claiming to be the original Lobo, who's now hunting the fake Lobo, but then we're going to make it that we're not going to tell you which one is real. Yeah, I agree. And who's lying or whatever. And they're basically just going to have this, like, um, uh, we're going to have these two Lobos running around the DC universe. Yeah. And cool. if we want to tell a more serious Lobo story, um, we'll use that Lobo. And if we want to tell a, a wacky, zany, um, non-canon who gives a fuck if, if you think it's real, Lobo, we use that Lobo. Like, you could have had your cake and eaten it too. But was it, wasn't, again, there some, wasn't there some page I'm recalling from New 52 where they had the the skinny Lobo and he had the head of the uh, you know proper Lobo who, who was oh yeah yeah they, had, they 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 that was like a real bad move where they had him kill the the, the fake Lobo or something and then yeah. they were like I'm the real Lobo now get over it but the hilarious like, mm, thing is that was, Lobo, the, that was not the right way to do that that was the terriblest way to do it and also like Lobo can regenerate anyway can't he I always thought anyway I thought he could basically um, basically sort of I yeah I well oh, this this is the problem with uh, regeneration characters. Mm. Is um, it can be a bit inconsistent. Sure. Like for God's sake, like you know, the whole time when Wolverine, no, I mean, how did Wolverine kill uh, uh, Sabretooth by chopping his head off? But yet, there was one comic where literally, um, 
uh, Wolverine got hit by like literally the equivalent of a nuclear blast, right? <laughs> Melted the entire flesh of his bones, except for yeah. one, one tiny little patch of flesh. <laughs> like meat stayed on the bone and that grew his entire body back. And I was just like, come on. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? At, at some point, just because something's cool doesn't mean that you put it in. Because then you go, well, then what's the limit? Then he's unkillable. What you're saying is that even if a microscopic piece of meat survives on his bones, he can regrow himself. You're like, come on. Like, that's... Yeah. You, you, now now I don't fear for that character. He, he's you're also telling a, me he can a, literally survive that, then I don't fear any him, part of him dying. Yeah, he, he's also a joke character. You know what I mean? Like... Yeah, look, Lobo's a joke character, which is which is fine, which is why you can... You can fuck around with that and, and be inconsistent, but you, but it also makes it hard because then you just don't really know what a limitation of a regen character is. Like, well, should they be alive? Shouldn't they have died? Like, like who knows? Yeah, I agree. Well, anyway, um, what do you give? I gave it a nine. What do you give the Authority Lobo one? Also an 8.5. Okay. And then the final one was Omega Man 3. I, I honestly don't even understand what I read. Um, yeah, this, wow. uh, look, can I be honest with you? One of the few things I think DC should just completely just go, you know what, this is an absolute <laughs> failure. We're never touching it again is Omega Man because I have read so many different versions of Omega Man and they've all been terrible. <laughs> well, I just was confused. I, I, I didn't even realize it was Lobo for a second, but that was his first appearance um, in this. That was why I picked Oh, yeah, that Lincoln, you missed it. Yeah, um, and he's oh, on the no, cover. You miss it, but yeah, that's the well, not kind of a blink and you miss it because he's kind of in the shadows. But it's like a yeah, it, that that's what the original Lobo looked like, which is what they were, which we were discussing, is what they tried to make the new Fifty Two Lobo. Look yes, like. yeah, and I'd never read it, so I did it as a curiosity. But my God, what a confusing comic! Can I just say that? Like, Jesus. Well, that's Christ. the problem with with uh, Omega Men. Omega Men is one of the most confusing properties out there, mm. and this is why you cannot read Omega Men from like even re- even if you read it from the start, you'd be confused. But coming a couple of issues into a story, you good luck. You're yeah. just like I. I- I honestly, are coming out of these people's mouths, and I don't know what the hell's going. It on. was like um, Legion, which can get pretty weird on LSD. Actually, is what it was like. It was. Yeah. It, and let me tell you, so, so many characters in Omega Man just die all the time. Like you don't even know who an Omega Man is or not, and you're just like, whatever. Was that Omega Man? Oh, whatever. He's dead now. It doesn't matter. I was so confused, frankly. Um, I, 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 I don't even want to give a score. I mean, it would be a low score because I was just struggling so badly with it, like. I really felt like an idiot, actually. I was like, is it me? Or it's just a really confusing comic, you know? Um, no, Mega Man's always been fucking weird, man. But like, nonetheless, was... Keith Githen was a very, very, very brilliant creator. Can I say that? Like, I, I selected... You can say that, Dave. I give you permission. I, I selected a, a wide range of stuff, which is still scratching the surface. A really gifted, brilliant, brilliant you know, artist and writer and plotter and just personality. I, I, I checked out the three episodes of his podcast. It was great. It's his son-in-law who's doing the interview um, for him, setting him stuff up and um, just a really funny, cool guy, uh, real wry sense of humor, real real crazy sense of humor, actually. And, um, yeah, we, we miss him. And, um, you know, I'm glad, we, I'm glad we've done these for the show and, and scratching the surface. Now, Man of Steel, um, I, I dug into it. I read 
probably three issues of the Man of Steel, then I read the Adventures of Superman. Uh, can I say, Rich, I was very thoroughly impressed. And I genuinely, as someone who'd only read later on in the Triangle Era, you know what I mean? I and I always thought that probably this stuff would be very dated. Um, it's a lot better than I expected, frankly. This 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 um this this John Byrne stuff a lot better actually. I I don't know why I thought I I, I think I I rated so highly later on that I kind of didn't want to go back to the start. But now I'm going back to the start. I'm kind of hooked. You know, as you should be. What what do you what do you think of it? How highly do you rate this amongst Superman stuff? Because I I'm, uh, I'm I rate it super highly. It's it's my favorite modern Superman stuff. Yeah, absolutely favorite to this day. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like that whole triangle series, the, the whole triangle shit. Um, Superman, Man of Steel, yeah, Action Comics, all this sort of stuff. That I this is when I this is when I became a Superman fan. So I've always liked Superman, but obviously, as you know, Green Lantern has always been my favorite, of course. Um, but stuff. when when I started reading, um. Because again, uh, the first time I read it was the trade. The trade I was talking about last week, the Man of Steel trade that yes. I still have that is falling yes. apart. When I read that, I was like, wait, I love Superman. Mm. I'm not just, you know, I don't just like Superman. I am a massive Superman fan. Like, Superman is the greatest character. Mm. <laughs> and it was that uh, miniseries that did it for me. And then when I read that stuff with the Man of Steel and, and Superman and, and stuff, and that all built up to hear the death of Superman, I was like, this is the greatest Superman shit I've ever read in my mm. entire life. Mm. Um, it's, it's really good. The, the thing with Metallo was just fascinating. I was like, fucking hell, how dark was it? You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he wakes up, kills his, uh, the scientist, the creator. Who, who was like flat out evil himself. Who sort of deserves Who was just building him to kill Superman. Yeah, I was um, like, wow. I didn't see. I like. I, I guess I'm just an innocent. I was just like shit. I, I like. I was really impressed, and I was also impressed when they when I was reading the Man of Steel stuff, and I was enjoying it. And then it went to Adventures of Superman with that really cool, iconic image with the um, flag and eagle and stuff. And I really enjoyed that as well. I think it was Marv Wolfman and Jerry Ordway. Um, I was really enjoying that as well. Like, I, I really have a good time with this trade. I'm almost finished the whole thing, and um, it's been an absolute pleasure to read. And I don't think, uh, like, I I think I expected the differences in Superman to be a lot more jarring than they actually are. It's not that jarring, to be honest. No. Yeah. No. Again, it's a, it's just a much more tighter focused. Yeah. Thing because again, as I said, like as much as uh, as much as now, when I go when I look back and I read the old Superman stuff, I can enjoy it for the fun, um, uh, entertaining. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff with you know uh, crypto and um, and I can't remember even the cat and the monkey um, and the horse and Supergirl and you know and all that sort of stuff. As much as that stuff is entertaining. This just being a much more... I felt this was like adult Superman. Yeah. Like adults. You know what I mean? Whereas, let's be honest, that stuff was for kids. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you've got a dog with a cape and a horse and a cat and stuff. Oh, that's great. They were really writing for kids, right? Let's be oh, honest. Yeah. 
But then obviously when you get to like the seventies and the eighties, they, they start writing a bit more for adults. You know what I mean? Like they understand, okay, look, the kids are a bit growing up, they're still reading for adults. But then when you get to this, I just felt like okay, I felt like this was this is grown up Superman. This is for me, mm. you know, as a as a more of an adult now, not a young kid anymore. Mm. This is feels like the Superman I should be reading as an adult. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. Felt more grown up. Lois felt grown up. He felt grown up. You know what I mean? There wasn't any of that childish. And when I say childish, I'm not saying it in a bad way, okay? So before anyone attacks me, but that childish, like, Lois getting upset and, you know, trying to catch him out and, yeah, and the two yeah. of them having this funny little game. Yes, it's entertaining and all that, but it is, it is a bit more childish. Mm. It's a bit more childlike, I should oh, say. Oh, the constant thing um, where Lois is trying to bust him. Yeah, and then him, you know, playing pranks on her and tricks and stuff and all <laughs> that. Like, you know, it's fun, but this, as I said, this felt like oh, I'm grown up now and I'm reading grown up Superman. Well, That's I just you, how it felt. I tell you something that surprised me. Last episode, I was really surprised that Lana Lang found out. And then the fucking brutal assault on Lana Lang. I was like, shit, I did not see that coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, where they torture her. I, um, yeah. And, and even Superman was like, listen, Jesus Christ, just you should have just told them, like, and you know what I mean? Like, also, I was didn't know that Professor Hamilton was basically a villain from the beginning. I did not did not know that. Um, that was a surprise. I thought Professor Hamilton was, like, his buddy. He is. Well, in this one, he's, um, he's jailed. He, no, I think he like he becomes like reformed or a good guy or something like that, and he and he, right, he is yeah. he, he becomes a good guy. Like okay, Hamilton yeah. does become a, a good guy, yeah. But he turns bad again as well. I mean, I remember he? He, Greg Rucker's run. He's um, evil in the end. Yeah, um, I think he bounces around. But anyway, what I what I what I, I remember, again, not in the triangle stuff, not not yeah, not in this stuff. In this what, stuff, he becomes a good guy. See, and, when and I a good friend. yeah, when I was reading in the nineties, he was like a, a confidant. And and he's his friend, yeah. That's what I remember. And I was like, shit. Professor Hamilton starts out as a full on villain, um, because no one respects him and stuff. And I was like, and he's literally in jail. I was like, wow, I did not know that was the origin story of Professor Hamilton. Um, so that was really interesting. And I just overall think it was a really tight, good story. And I'm one thousand percent getting all the hard covers. It's so much better than I expected. You know what I mean? I, I think I've avoided it for so long because I just always, always I, I get the shits a, a bit because I prefer my Superman in the Bronze Age, but this is actually pretty good. Like to be honest, to be honest, it's I have to say, it's actually pretty good. Like really, if you when you break it all down to nuts and bolts, if you're a Superman fan, you're going to enjoy it. You know. Oh, I think so. I, I I don't know how you could not enjoy it as a Superman fan. Yeah, uh, like, and I'm someone who's resisted it. Oh, oh, by the way, I had the great. By the way, this, this is the famous one where Lex Luthor uh, fires his entire staff because they spent all this time built in a supercomputer, mm. but then he refuses to believe that. Um, yes, Clark Kent is Superman, and he full on like it's like almost date rape with that girl. You know where he he like he basically forces. Oh, uh, I mean, not not well, not date date rape. More Harvey Weinstein. Like, yeah. hey, I'm the boss. You you got to sleep. You know, if I, if, if I say you, you're coming out for dinner tonight, you know what's happening. And, then, this, like, and then they're just they're, she's in the robe, and I was like, okay, <laughs> like good work, Lex. Um, yeah, no, it I was. Mean, he's a bad guy. That is what a bad. 
Yeah. Capitalists would do. But oh, bad no, businessmen, capitalists, that is what they would do. He's a bad actor for sure. No, no, definitely. Um, No, I, I've got to be honest. I Trepidation's not the right word. I, I, I had a greatest um, stories of Superman, which had the issue in it, uh, the issue where um, it, with the computer. So th- that issue was in it. So I had read that issue before. And I always felt like, I don't know, that I that I could skip this and be fine. But I'm actually really glad that I've gone back to the start of the reboot and, and read from the start because, yeah, I, I, I think it's essential reading. And if you're a Superman fan, and, and I am a fan, I'm not as hardcore as like on Batman or something, but, but I really, I've always liked Superman. And, yeah, it's it's actually really good. And I think people should... The best thing you can do is check it out for yourself and make your own decisions. Don't be put off. If you prefer... Well, look, put it this way. In the end, Superman, like, literally fucking becomes Superman anyway. So it's like whatever changes Byrne made, in the end, it's all pretty similar to how it was before, if you ask me. Um... <clears throat> But in the in the starting period, they try to sort of modify them a bit, and that kind of pisses me off a little bit. But it's not that big a deal, honestly. It's more just it's. I think what's interesting to me is everything's kind of like the first time for him, you know, or very early on. So it feels a bit fresh in that sense. Like you don't you don't feel like Superman has been around for like sixty years when you're reading this, you know. It's, yeah, like he's still trying to win <clears throat> Lois over as just a friend. Yeah. Um, let alone a, um, you know, a, a lover or a partner or whatever like that. He's still new at the planet. You know what I mean? So he's still making a name for himself there. He's still making a name for himself as Superman. People don't yeah. even know that he's an alien. No. Um, at this point and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, so this is very, like, early, early in his career. As you said, maybe he's been about... Or five years, maybe. And he's 28. Um, it's been 28 years. Um, yeah. That crippled guy says, uh, I think it was him. Someone said it was, no, not the crippled guy. The, the scientist who got who made Metallo says it's been 28 years since he landed and he got the the spaceship and reverse engineered it and blah, blah, blah. Like, so he's 28, which is almost the perfect age for Superman, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, uh, highest... Look, maybe not highest recommendation, very high recommendation. I, 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 I've I, got to give it a 9. I can't go any lower. I think some people might even say a 10. It's very good, actually. And I also oh, like... It's definitely, a, it's definitely a 9. It's yeah, definitely a 9. I also like that the collection is includes that Adventure of Superman stuff because I enjoyed that just as much. Mm. Um, so the collections cover, like, everything as it came out. So four four hardcovers collect all of John Byrne's Superman, which I think is really cool, you know. Mm. And they also include some Marv Wolfman and Jerry Ordway stuff, and and blah blah blah. So yeah, I'm not sleeping on it anymore. That's fucking over, you know. That those days are fucking over. I'm on. I'm on board, man, big time. Um, you know, regrets. I've had a few, but then again, hey, listen. Just yeah, Davey's always late to the party, but he does get there eventually. Sometimes I'm a little late, <laughs> but but also I'm classic for just coming on halfway through and then not watching the earlier stuff as well. You know, that's true. Never quite get around to the earlier stuff, and sometimes stuff comes up many times in my life. Later seasons will refer to something from the past that everyone else like cares, and I'm just like I don't even know who they're talking about. Like, 
you know, I came on in season six. <laughs> I came on in season six. How am I, the fuck am I supposed to know what happened in season two? You know? Um, but I went back to basics, man. I kind of, I kind of fought and kicked and, Dude, it's been like 30 years since I read The Greatest Stories of Superman and I've never bothered to check it out. Um, but I'm really glad I have and I'm picking up all the hardcovers. I've already got hardcover one while I'm picking up two, three, and four. That's happening. Um, uh, fantastic um, spending of money. Yeah, Highly recommend. Definitely, definitely. It's how capitalism works, man. They hook you in the end. They hooked me 30 years ago in the simulation, man. That's what happened. 30 years. Hey, listen, I mean, I'd much rather spend my money on uh, graphic novels than uh, uh, drugs, so. A hundred percent. Oh, dude, yeah, drugs. No one cares about that. Um, yeah, okay, so, look, I want to say it's been another great show. Um, thanks, Rich. Um, we're going to have a week off, um, but mm. you guys will have World Cup Diary and the regular show. We'll have a week off. Rich, you'll have some time to think about whatever it is you want to pick for the week, you know, coming back, because it'll be your choice. Um, I want to say thank you to all the listeners. Um, we're, we're really gone worldwide recently. We'll, we, we always love our um, Australian and US listeners. I mean, you're the backbone, guys. But UK has gotten big. Uh, actually, Europe in general, we've picked up a lot of listeners all throughout Europe. Um, so, I mean, it's a long way from Australia, and we really appreciate it, you know, guys and, and girls and just everyone out there listening to Signal, keep, keep the dream it's alive. The beauty of the interwebs. Yep. Um, Obviously, we all hope that we can form a political movement and I can overthrow all the governments in the world and become the emperor. That is everyone's hope, of course. Um, <laughs> I will rule with an iron fist. I will favour those who are loyal to me, obviously. Um, that goes without saying, of course, Rich. Um, Rich yes. is... You, 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 your flattery will get you many places with Rich, Dave. Rich, it will, yeah, it will indeed. Um, if you come up to me and you say... Uh, you know, Dave, just love the show. I'll be like, okay, well, that's a night. And they go, okay, I'll tell you who I really love, Bob Dylan and Frank Sinatra. And I'll say, well, <laughs> there we go. Listen, you, you become emperor if someone just comes up to you and says, oh, you, I'm so glad you're the emperor. You, you're one of the greatest emperors, better than Caesar. <laughs> You'd be like, here's a here's a fiefdom for you. Go, go lead it. Although. Report to me weekly. Report to me weekly, exactly. And don't talk any trash about Caesar. You know, seriously, don't bring up the ending of Assassin's Creed. No, they didn't. Didn't, well, didn't, didn't take trash. They just said that you yeah. surpassed Caesar. Sure. That's tough to do. Don't bring up the... But, you, but listen, you would let that get to your head whether it was true or not. Yeah. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> <laughs> to be greater than the great man himself. You know what I'm saying? Like, wow, that's a high compliment. Um, now, I do want to say, uh, look... Join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Signal Doom. You can support the show. It is much appreciated. It all goes towards show running costs. Um, and we're proud of the collective, as always. Um, you've got Last Sons of Krypton on there. You've got uh, Ghost Spider Groupies, uh, Race Moon Knight Show, Into the Night. Is that what it's called? Into the Night? I think it's called Into the Night, yeah. And so, yes. you've got, um, obviously, Inner Demons with Brian Biggie. We haven't mentioned him for a while. Sorry, Brian. Um a lot of stuff going on. Capes of Lunatics. I'm on Capes of Lunatics again this weekend. Um, and I will be on um, Last Sons of Krypton after I come back from Singapore. Rich, anything you'd like to say to the audience? Um, 
just keep on killing? Yeah, I mean, you know, sorry, we'll be away for a week. That's Dave's fault. You know, don't uh, don't go through too many withdrawal symptoms. Well, they can fucking back. relax for a week, man. Like, you know, they can take a short break. It's not going to kill them. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> Absence makes the heart grow wonder. Yeah. Fonder. It's fonder, man. No, it's 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 wonder, as in W-A-D-A-N-D-E-R. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Got to be careful, buddy. Got to be careful. What are you saying? They're going to wander away from the signal? I'll chain oh, them to just it. Saying. Just if saying. I could implant it in everyone's <laughs> brains that they had to have a like a weekly, yeah, of course fix, you would. You I would fascist. Do it. Yeah, man. Hundred percent. Authoritarian, not really fascist. Authoritarian. You know. No, you would be a fascist. <laughs> you would try and keep your power. You would. You Definitely. would uh, crush dissenters. You 100%. would. Uh, you would you would propagandize them. Come on, you know that's not fascism though. That's just good government. Um, <laughs> and crucifixions by the roadside, of course. That's just that's just sensible government, Rich. Like, come on. Uh, that's, that's just sensible North Korean government, Rich. <laughs> <laughs> Got to lock down the internet, you know. Like, uh, that's talk, it. and you know, talkometer. Remember um, talkometer from two thousand eighteen. <laughs> be pure. Be vigilant. Behave. <laughs> if you see something, report something. That's it. He had the thought police too, where he came in on people's dreams and stuff. He had like they were like telepaths. <laughs> oh god, that would be the, you see that's that that would be the scary thing about like getting chips and all that in your brain. Oh, yeah. Is they're monitoring your thoughts and your dreams? Well, I've always said if 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 the corporates could um, corporatize your dreams, they would. They would sell you your dreams if they could. Like, seriously, the only thing stopping them is technology. Seriously, there's there's no limit to what they would do. Oh, I don't believe that they would uh, sell you dreams. They would sell you the illusion of giving you your dreams. Sure. Good point, Rich. Because if they give you your dreams, then they can't sell you on anything else, you see, so. True. Wow. Got to keep that carrot. Got to keep that, got to keep that carrot. In the words of J.D. Demetrius, we're deep in a dream of God, Rich. Remember that? We're deep in a dream of God, man. Wow. Oh, that makes me God then, if I'm the dreamer. That's a good point, right? That's a big point, actually. Wow. Wow. We're deep in a dream of God and you're God. Man. Well, that's it. If I'm dreaming, I'm creating, aren't I? I guess. It makes me God. That makes me God of my dreams. God of your dreams. Wow, eh? What am I God of? Death. <laughs> Destruction. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, I've yourself there, Dave. Yep. I want to say thank you and good night. Good night. Great show, Rich. Killer. Absolute killer. Always. Always.